is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can call in and bring up whatever you want. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And we're inviting you to our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. That, again, is Free Talk Live. Dot com. Lots to talk about tonight here, and I want to start things out with healthcare. We touched on it over the weekend. Oh, we have a guest on the line? That's right. I'm sorry, you didn't tell me he was there. I asked you if he was there, and I didn't really get the message. So My we mistake. do have a guest on the line? We do. Chief okay. Philip Stittleberg. Uh, why don't you do the introduction, Mark, because you know who this guy is. <laughs> this is Chief Philip Stittleberg. He's uh, from the... Uh, Chief, are you on the line? Do we have uh, Chief Stittleberg on the line? Yes, you do. There okay. we go. Yeah. And it's, uh, I don't want to get anything wrong. National Volunteer Fire Council? Council? Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, and tell me a little bit about the National Fire Council. The National Volunteer Fire Council represents the uh, volunteer fire and EMS service throughout the United States. Uh, there are about uh, 1.1 million firefighters that are, volu- er, that are uh, serve in the United States, and uh, about 72% of those are volunteer. Now, um, 32% of the fire... 72, I think you said. Did you, 72% volunteer, yeah. 72% of the firefighters are volunteer. How about the departments? We had, um, I've, I've bandied about a, a statistic on this show in the past that I learned while I was you know, a volunteer firefighter quite some years ago. Um, and I, I had heard something like 94% of, volunteer, of, of departments in the United States are all volunteer and another 3% were uh, partially volunteer and then the rest, that's, of course, no, were That's paid. a bit high, but first of all, let me congratulate you on your uh, service to your community as a volunteer. Thank you. It was fun. It was a lot uh, of fun. About 75% of the fire departments in the U.S. are entirely volunteer. About 15% more are what's the, characterized as predominantly volunteer, which means that they're uh, more than 51% volunteer. Does that so, mostly mean the chief is paid and, um, you know, he administers? Uh, yeah, it, it, it may vary, but uh, the, the predominantly goes, uh, is a, goes by 51% uh, right. or more volunteers. So, so, so if you include the number for predominantly and all volunteer, what's that come to? Oh, about 80%. 80%? So the, the numbers 90. have gone down a bit. So no, he said 90. 90%. 90%. Some trouble hearing hear tonight, apparently. And uh, that's, you know, that's pretty, I think, some pretty interesting numbers. Uh, but I think an even, interesting, even more interesting statistic, I think, is that uh, uh, a large portion of the population in the United States is protected by volunteers. So I think that people may think that, well, there are a lot of volunteer departments, but they're mostly protecting uh, sagebrush and, and pine trees. Right. But actually about 40% of the population in the United States is, is also protected by volunteer firefighters. Now, this significant. Is, is this mostly rural and um, you know, sort of suburban um, areas? Not necessarily. Um, Clearly, volunteer departments are more prevalent in uh, more rural areas than, than large metropolitan areas. But, for instance, uh, to give you an idea of just the, the breadth of the volunteer fire service, back on 9-11, uh, there were about 320 volunteer fire departments that responded either to the World Trade Towers, to the Pentagon, or to Somerset County, Pennsylvania. Really? Uh, about 3,000 volunteers contributed about 70,000 hours of service uh, uh, on that day and, and the days immediately following that, uh, in, in that response. So there are volunteer fire departments actually in, in New York City. So wow. it's, it, it really, it really uh, covers, covers the, um, the, the entire, entire range of, of the United States. I would have never guessed that there were volunteer fire departments in New York City. Now, um, yeah. 
what about um, the – can you do some comparisons, say, between uh, volunteers and paid departments and some reasons why volunteers – you know, volunteer departments are superior? Well, I wouldn't uh, say that necessarily volunteer fire departments are superior. I think the issue of what uh, – who's better or who best serves the community is really a community uh, issue, not, not an issue for, for me to decide one way or the other. But let me tell you, about, tell you this. Um, clearly, I think volunteer and career uh, firefighters both furnish a very valuable service to their communities. They may uh, have somewhat different motivations for the job. Mm-hmm. For instance, obviously, uh, the most apparent one is that career firefighters uh, are paid. Right. And so there's, uh, there's a paycheck that's a, that's a motivation there. That's not to say that they don't share other uh, altruistic motivations also. Right. Somebody doesn't become a fire def- um, firefighter because they're you know, wanting to make all that great money. I don't they- know. I hear they get all the girls, firefighters. Yeah, they probably don't do too bad that way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, but I do know that uh, you know, with volunteers, of course, there, there's a motivation of you know, wanting to serve the community, which, which is a very obvious one, but I think also a very important one and probably a primary, uh, primary reason for, for joining. Um, another interesting aspect of it, I think, is uh, uh, there's, you know, if you remember good old high school sociology, we talked about primary groups, the need mm-hmm. to, uh, to belong to primary groups. Right. And the, the Volunteer Fire Service provides that, I think, an opportunity it to absolutely belong to does. A, a primary group. It, it really does. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a very close-knit community in the sense that um, people are, you know, they're open with you and it's a good way to, to meet people. But when you join up, um, you know, you're immediately part of this group. You know, they're, they're always, I mean, the, ones, the one that I joined was very friendly. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's very typical. Um, it, you know, it, it really does perform or provide that uh, that function. I think. And in, in addition to that, we uh, we get to run expensive equipment. You know, how many how many other uh, volunteer jobs could you pick up that you could drive a half million dollar truck? Right. It's mm. it's not going to happen anytime. Um, you know, in my lifetime, no, no one's going to trust me with our half million dollar truck. Probably not too likely. No. And Yeah. And, and a nice thing about it too, I think, is that uh, my, my own personal view of things is that I think we all owe some service to our community, whether it's serving on the church board or the Boy Scouts or whatever it happens to be, I, uh, as elected official, perhaps. I would but think that there's uh, lots of ways to serve, but I think that the, you know, the volunteer fire department's a great way to do it. Well, not only that, but I think it has a reward that uh, a lot of the others don't normally get, and that's that people say thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel sorry a lot of times for uh, elected officials who frequently serve for no pay or little pay also. Uh, and really, does their phone ring and people call up and say, yeah, I just wanted to call up and say, you're just doing one tremendous job. On well, that's probably because no they're not really helping anybody. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, that's well, really a matter, matter of opinion, too. But it, it, for, for whatever reason, that, that call doesn't come. Yeah, I, uh, it's absolutely true. Well, it's, it's clearer that a um, volunteer firefighter is serving, uh, you know, for, for all the right reasons than it is for a politician, you know? Yeah. You know what, though? But, I really, all that stuff is cool, but I really, I just want to be able to speed in my car with a blue light on my dashboard <laughs> on the way to a fire. Oh, just you well, get a blue light in the fire? You get a red light but, there. I thought it was blue. No, no, blue's for the uh, the sheriff's posse. Ah, uh, okay. Well, red's <laughs> fine, whatever. I just want to speed. And we, and we set some pretty strict guidelines on how fast you can drive, too. Oh come on! Give me, help me out here. Now, Chief, you you guys have some kind of initiative that you're doing as far as uh, getting yeah, people. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of neat things going on. Uh, let me tell you first a little bit more just about uh, the volunteer fire service in in terms of uh, uh, the, the value provided to the community, um, because there there have been studies done on this, and if the United States were to hire. Uh, people to serve as volunteer fire, firefighters, it would cost about $40 billion, that's with a B. Yeah, that's real B-boy, money. $40 billion a year uh, mm. 
to replace volunteer fire the service that volunteer firefighters provide. So that's, that's about uh, what maybe um, six or eight uh, space shuttles or nuclear aircraft carriers yeah. every year uh, right. to save just in time alone. It's huge. It's huge. And it just goes to show that uh, people will volunteer in their community and provide that level of service to their, uh, you know, fellow man. It absolutely is. It's, it's you know, it, it's heartwarming to see that. And uh, one of the things that the National Volunteer Fire Council has been promoting recently is a program called Fire Corps. Mm-hmm. Uh, for many years, fire departments, I think, volunteer fire departments, I should say, have, have had a, uh, an attitude that if you want to be of value to the fire department, you've got to be a firefighter. Mm-hmm. And being a firefighter isn't something that works for an awful lot of people. You know, some people don't like the physical demands of the job. Some people don't like the danger. Some people just can't work it into their schedule and that sort of thing. Now, um, but there it, are a lot of at the department that I worked at, um, they, there was, you know, there was. It seemed to be this was just there were plenty of women who were uh, firefighters, but there it seemed to be that the majority were men, and then their wives or girlfriends would sort of help out um, as far as at the station, that kind of thing, man the station um, when they went else, you know, when they had an on-call or something like that. So, I don't know, we, there, there seemed to be a, a little bit of people that were not firefighters that were helping. Yeah, and I think that's true. We, we have failed to recognize whether there's a lot of people out there that really, really could, uh, could be of assistance uh, doing all sorts of things, you know, accounting and maintenance and record-keeping and doing the budgets and... and uh, public education and all the rest of it. Great. And I think that uh, we'll come back a little bit more with you if you don't mind. Can you hang on for just a bit? Sure can. If you've got a question for Chief Sittleberg from the National Fire Fire Council, uh, he's on the line with us right now. Uh, Voluntary solutions to social issues. That's what we support here on Free Talk Live. This is your show. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the website are totally free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, with dozens and dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. We've been talking with uh, Chief Philip Stittelberg from the National Fire Council, which uh, we didn't get a chance to plug his website. That is NVFC. Uh, Philip, are you back with us? Yes, I am. Oh, what's NVFC.org. What's the uh, V in NVFC stand for? Volunteer. Oh, National Volunteer Fire Council. That's the word I was missing. Correct. Uh, so we've been talking to you because, uh, well, Mark was at one time in his life a volunteer fireman. And uh, he's always been spouting off statistics on the show about uh, how many more volunteer fire departments there are as compared to uh, a paid bureaucrat fire departments. And uh, and so now you've gotten the updated statistics, Mark. It's 75% are all volunteer. Uh, if you include the mostly volunteer departments, then you get a 90% figure. So, so 90, 94, I wasn't too far off. But also, you know, some of the things we talk about on this show are how it is that we can take things that are funded by taxation and volunteerize them, make it so that uh, we can still have the services that we're looking for, but not have to coerce people necessarily uh, into paying for them. And, of course, volunteer fire departments are a a real-life answer to the question of, well, what about 
how, you know, how would I take care of my house? How would my house be protected from fire in the event that I didn't have the paid uh, government bureaucracy fire department around? And uh, you guys are a real-life existing example of one of the ways it could work. And there, of course, are other ways, including, uh, you know, insurance and, and that sort of thing, things that haven't necessarily uh, come out to the marketplace because uh, the government uh, bureaucrats are, are in their place. And so, uh, so with that, you were going to get into a few things you wanted to highlight about what was going on with uh, the National Volunteer Fire Council. Yes, and Howard, just b- before I come to those, um, even if you have a situation where you are able to achieve fully volunteer departments, that's not to imply that the government doesn't have a pretty important role to play in it. Uh, because, in my opinion, government has to step forward and provide the appropriate funding. One of the things we're seeing in the volunteer ranks is a decline in volunteers. And the reason we're seeing that is because there's a greater and greater demand on their time. Uh, particularly since 9-11, mm-hmm. uh, we have a lot of, uh, much expanded role, uh, increased training requirements and things of this nature. Uh, what that means is that there's a lot less time for us to be spent fundraising. When I told you earlier about you know, $40 billion a year being saved by volunteer firefighters, that's just in the time they donate. That doesn't take into account the money they go out and raise through their mm-hmm. raffles. Absolutely. There's, there's all kinds of money raised through uh, you know, passing the boot. And Absolutely. Doing... And, and then donated back to the community to, uh, to buy the fire equipment and that sort of thing. Now, there are a lot of departments that manage to make it entirely on volunteer funding. Isn't that so? There are some, not very many, and, and it's becoming progressively uh, less and less common as fire equipment becomes more and more expensive. Now, Chief, I, I, one of the reasons that I think that that is is that they send firefighters on medical calls. Um, you know, the, if there's a car accident, the volunteer firefighters um, always seem to get called for that and that kind of thing. And to me, there's a lot of things that uh, fire departments are called on that could have been left to ambulances and EMTs that are, um, you know, likely going to be uh, paid for by whomever called them. Well, that, that may be. Um, the interrelationship between fire and EMS, emergency medical services, of course, is, is a very interesting one because you have an awful lot of firefighters and EMS people who are cross-trained. Oh, yeah, the fire medics. And, yeah, exactly. And so you're going to find that a lot of those same people end up in the same organization. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times that EMS is going to get provided by fire. What always amazes me is that um, ambulance drivers will be on you know, seven, uh, 48 off, 24 on. So they're, they're working one out of every three days. Um, and then they'll take some of their spare time and then volunteer on the volunteer fire department. It amazes me that these guys, they love it. They love what they do so much that they volunteer beyond what it is that they are getting paid for. Oh, that's absolutely true, and, and it's remarkable. Um, you know, you'd, you'd be amazed uh, how many paid firefighters and how many paid EMTs are also volunteer firefighters and EMTs. They're, they're a very, very important resource for us because, obviously, one thing, they bring with them some very good training and experience that we can benefit from. Sure. And uh, they, they uh, certainly, certainly are a very important uh, component for the volunteers. So, now, to be a volunteer firefighter, you don't need to know how to suture a wound or anything like that, do you? If your fire department is going to provide only fire service, uh, probably not, although each state has set its own training guidelines as to what's going to be expected of a firefighter. And in many states, there's going to be still some basic uh, EMS care that's going to be a component of that training. Something um, akin to the first uh, a Red Cross uh, first responder kind of. Yes, yes, that's yeah. right. It, 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 you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't want that person operating on my uh, brain or anything, but you know, they, they know something. 
Well, keep in mind that these are the people who are working on scene. These are the people who are mm-hmm. going to stabilize, stabilize right. the patient, package the patient, and, and transport the patient. Stabiliza- stabilization is really the issue yep. there. So yep. tell us about the uh, Fire Corps. So the Fire Corps is a program pro- uh, that the NVFC is promoting to encourage people to volunteer in their local fire department in non-operational roles. In other words, as I mentioned earlier, volunteers are suffering from more and more time demands. Mm-hmm. If we can eliminate some of the non-operational things that volunteer firefighters are doing by having Fire Corps people pick them up, such as public education or record-keeping or preparing the budget or helping with truck maintenance or record uh, uh, training records or whatever it happens to be, we, we alleviate the necessity of the volunteer having to do that and therefore provide more time for them to train or to j- just plain stay home with their family, yeah. uh, which, which is important. Uh, un- unfortunately, the, being a volunteer firefighter can be a very demanding, time-demanding thing, and, and uh, we put our people in a position of having to choose sometimes between performing those duties and doing other things that are also very, very important, very worthwhile. So how does somebody get involved? They can call something as simple as 1-800-FIRELINE. F-I-R-E-L-I-N-E, one okay. 1-800-FIRE line, and they will be directed to the local fire department, uh, which will then tell them what, uh, what kind of services they can use. Hmm, great. So it's, it's a, yeah, it's a great program. We're very, very proud of it, and it's, uh, it's one of the things that's helping to keep the volunteer fire service healthy. Fantastic. And once again, your website is NVFC, that's uh, National Volunteer Fire Corps.org. Uh, and, you know, it's been great having you on the show, uh, Chief Stittleberg, and keep up the good work and uh, keep as many volunteers out there as, uh, as you possibly can. Thank you very much. Thanks for Thank the you, time sir. Tonight. Thanks, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, it's sad that uh, Chief Stittleberg pointed out that uh, people, I mean, this is, applies to everybody in America, not just volunteer firefighters, but everyone is taxed for time. Uh, we've got busy, busy schedules, busy lives. And, of course, he's looking at the solution, well, that means we need to get funding from the government because, well, he's, he sees, well, he's got to keep his thing going. He's got to get fires put out and all that. And so I understand where he's coming from on that. But if we could actually cut back on taxes... Uh, then we'd all have more time because Bullseye. you wouldn't have to work uh, so much to make the same amount of money. Um, you could have one person stay at home if we could cut back taxes, you know, by 50 percent. And, and uh, another thing there difference. is in, in that arena is that even though the uh, paid departments uh, represent maybe 5 percent of uh, the departments out there, mm-hmm. they really are the paradigm under which fire departments are sort of judged by these days. You heard that the state has recommend, has uh, ma- mandatory things that people have to, to meet just to be a volunteer firefighter. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. 800-259-9231. That should be something that's set by each individual volunteer fire department. Right. Uh, more Let the, the chiefs be chiefs. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features for free, including the bulletin board system. We've got over a quarter of a million posts for you to surf around through. Serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all, and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles within the GOP. 
Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. Just a touch back on uh, something I very briefly um, mentioned in the last segment. We just got off the phone not too long ago with uh, the ch- uh, the head of the National Volunteer Fire Council. Chief Stittleberg. And I called it the vo- uh, Fire Corps. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> at the end of his call. Anyway, uh, the NVFC. And at least you got the first letter right, and that's what's important as we far as the website goes. We were talking about NVFC.org. We were talking about you know these volunteer options, uh, voluntary solutions to social problems, and the uh, volunteer fire departments are, are a great example of one of the ways that fire protection could be provided uh, without involving the government. And of course, he pointed out that while government is involved uh, with many volunteer fire departments, most of them, in fact, uh, from a funding perspective, and he su- suggested that well. More government funding is going to be needed because people are uh, – the volunteers are finding less and less time uh, that they have available as far as free time that they can be volunteer firefighters in. And, of course, he sees the solution as bringing more money. He just has to do whatever it takes to bring more money in to keep his his thing going. Uh, but, the you know, the real long-term solution here is we need to give people more time. And the way to give people more time is to reduce taxes. And drastically reduce taxes. Because if you cut taxes back, then you've got more, uh, well, obviously more, more disposable income. And, of course, that translates to having more wealth. And uh, more wealth means you can take more time off of work without having any real detrimental effects. And uh, we we were... Uh, we we've got a lot of wealth today. That's for sure. Right, but half of our in half at least half of your income, maybe sixty percent. I might be able to make an argument for eighty percent. I know it sounds crazy, mm-hmm. but if you don't believe me, call in. I'll make the argument. Yeah. Um, but let's say fifty percent of your earnings go to taxes. That that essentially you just have to work half as much. You're half a slave. Right. So imagine that. Uh, I mean, let's say you've got a 50-hour work week. A lot of a lot of Americans have a work week like that. Imagine if you could cut that down to 25 hours and have the same exact standard of living you have today. Well, I might add that when you talk about cutting taxes, you should also about, uh, talk about eliminating the inflation tax. Because even if you made the same mm-hmm. amount uh, over, say, the next three years, if there's inflation, you buy less and you have to work more, or you have to make it up somewhere. And the way that inflation and debt work in this country because of our uh, fiat currency, our, our currency that's sort of just created by the Federal Reserve, mm-hmm. it it uh, causes people to to spend more as opposed to saving. I know that this this sounds strange, but people are if if you're incentivized in a certain ways, like uh, let's take it to an extreme. Um, what's the, the Weimar uh, regime in in Germany? In Germany yes. Just before uh, Hitler took control, the mark went. You know, through the as the inflation on the mark went through the roof, or uh, not inflation, but devaluation of the currency went through the roof on uh, the mark. Well, essentially, well, if you because made, of hyperinflation, was it not? Yeah. Right, hyper, um, they were printing it. Was it? They was were it? printing it like crazy. They were they were ha- they had to pay war reparations for World War One, uh, among other things, and it forced them to hyperinflate. And for example, before all this happened, you could buy a pair of shoes for about sixteen Reichmarks, and then mm-hmm. after. During this hyperinflation around 1923, it took about 87 trillion Reichmarks to buy a pair of shoes, and people were burning the money in fireplaces because it was warm. Keep warm. Yeah, because it was cheaper than firewood. They were printing it on just one side of the paper. They didn't want to waste the money for the ink. I mean, the government didn't. And you know, you would make money at the end of the day, and you better go to the store and buy your food for the for that night because if you didn't, the money wouldn't be worth enough to buy food the next day. Right. That's the that's what inflation. That that's an extreme example of inflation and how it works, but. Essentially, we're doing that now. Right. 
um, to some extent. I mean, we're not doing it's it. It's a more muted extreme. version of it. Sure. Uh, but yes, that is what's going on, and it sucks the wealth right out of your pocket. It sucks the wealth out of whatever uh, you might have saved, and because it sucks away your savings, it actually encourages people to not save in the first place, which of course encourages them to spend or get into debt and borrow. And, right, and borrow. Right, and, and then you're behind the ball, and then you uh, then you have to work double. You know, they, you have to work far more uh, hard than you currently are in order to pay the interest on your debts. And so we, we've just got a mess of a situation in this country that if we could get the government the hell out of our lives and, you know, drastically slash it back to the point where we could actually keep the money that we earned and decide for ourselves how to spend it and who to give it to, I should be able to decide for myself how much money to give to, uh, you know, the fire department or what services I want to purchase mm-hmm. as far as snow removal from the road, that sort of thing. I should be able to make a those decisions on my own, I wouldn't have to work as hard uh, in order to make the same amount of money. And if I did work as hard, which many Americans have a great work ethic, they're going to want to keep working anyway, I'd make two to eight to ten times as much because, again, the money that you get to keep is spent better than when the bureaucrats spend it. So you have to remember that even though it's the same amount of money that's leaving your hands going into the bureaucrats' hands versus what you would keep, it's that same amount you would be able to spend it better if you had it versus the bureaucrats because it's, it's more not efficient. theirs. They, yeah, it's far more efficient, which because it's more efficient means that you gain more wealth as a result of your spending uh, habits. So these are all factors uh, that you know play into how much free time we have. The you amount of taxation is a direct uh, – it's, it's a direct tax on uh, your time. Yeah, I, I look at it, it as two types of taxes. You've got the above table taxes, which are your income taxes and all the taxes you know knowingly pay. Right, the ones the, you can point the, to. Yeah. All of them. I mean, there's right. a tremendous list of them. Oh, huge. But then you have the under the table taxes, which are something like inflation, where they're really watering down your money so that they're cheating you over right. time. In in one way, inflation's definitely an under the table tax. I would say another one is corporate taxes. Now, I know that every uh, that you a don't lot see of, them, yeah. Right. A lot of people think of corporate taxes, oh, those corporations, they they're bad and all that other stuff. But yeah. think about it for a second. You buy products every single day made by corporations. You do. You have to. That's the way life is. And Unless you're living on a commune or right. something. You know, if you're eating lentils all day and yeah. walking to work, that's fine. Um, but <laughs> Most of us are buying products from corporations. The vast majority of people are doing um, just that. And corporations can't stay in business. There's no reason for a business to be in business if they're not making profit. That's the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. So you, all the uh, the costs, as, as far as that business go, have to be included in the price. They have to make money. So therefore, all the taxes that a corporation pays are included in the price of the goods that you purchase. You are paying all corporate taxes. There's no way to tax one person and everybody doesn't pay. Not only are you uh, paying corporate taxes, but you're also paying um, certain portions of other people's Social Security taxes. I mean, for instance, if the corporation is paying that 7.5%, their side of the Social Security tax, that's going to be reflected in the price of the loaf of bread as well. Sure. Uh, So, I mean, it's an incredible burden. So you get rid of taxation at all levels, and not only will you have more money in your pocket, but the cost of goods will probably drop as well. So therefore, the money that you have, not that... not only do you have more of it, but it also goes further. You know, so uh, that's what that's a great example of how much more wealth we truly would have were we able to spend our own money. And of course, then you're going to have the so-called uh, greeny leftist uh, environmentalists saying, "Oh, there's going to be all this uh, consumption and waste." You know, I think it would be just the opposite because because of all this fake money that's being created, you're also creating artificial demands for certain goods that people wouldn't buy if money weren't so easily uh, easy to come by. Mm. 
So I think that if you had all your money in your own hands and you weren't spending it because it was devaluing, you wouldn't be so quick to go out and buy that new TV because you just, you just bought a new one uh, two years ago. That's a great point. 1-800-259-9231 is and if you weren't CAI as quick to go out and buy it, I'm sorry. Um, if you weren't as quick to go out and buy it, the price would be lower. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Let's so go you'd to the be phones. incentivized to buy. Let's it. talk to Jennifer in Ohio. Jennifer, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi. Hey. Hey. Um, my son Jason listens to you guys, and he wanted me to call in and tell you about my recent arrest. Oh, okay. Dear. What happened? So, oh. um, arrest. Arrest. You yes. don't sound like the arresting sort. Go ahead. You know what? I'm a, I'm a mother of eight, stay-at-home mom of eight, Good but wow. apparently my crime was so drastic they had to come send the sheriff after me. Apparently um, it's over-procreating is what yeah, you're that was it. Actually, we found out it was just washing the whites together. We've taken care of that one. <laughs> anyway, um, July 20th, my husband and I were going to uh, Chicago, so I was out running some errands, getting the kids settled, came home. My children were very upset because the dog warden had been around. Now, we live dog warden? outside the the city limits. I want okay, to learn more about this. Dogs. Jennifer, if you'll hang on, we will bring you back, okay? We'll bring you back. 800-259-9231. Get the rest of Jennifer's story. And also, Wayne's got the latest on global warming. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL, C-A-I, toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231, and it is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on our site we give away, but we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. Simple concept that stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is you send in 3 bucks a month, to help support the show, and we take that money in, and we turn it around into, um, well, advertising Free Talk Live to more radio stations and getting the show on more stations. In fact, I just signed up a uh, new station today. I don't know if I should announce it yet, though. Should I announce it because it's signed, but we've got to wait two months? I don't know if I should get people so excited. I I thought it was a policy that we didn't um, announce until we were on, that we'd, the first show had... Uh... Aired. You're right. Did we we did change that policy, didn't we? That that's that's what we had decided because uh, people have signed and then never done anything, right? Not really. That no, that's never happened. Oh. We, everybody who signed has has added the show. Anyway, we've got at least one new affiliate coming soon. We'll let you know, fill you in, and it's really close to home. Oh, that's about all I can say. It's uh, somewhere in New Hampshire, and maybe if you look around, you can find out. Some people know. Anyway, uh, the the AMP program is making this happen, and if you want to get on board with it, please go to amp.freetalklive.com. You get some perks. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. Let's go back to the phones and back to Jennifer in Ohio, who had just barely begun to tell us a story about how apparently you were arrested, and you don't sound like the criminal type to me. You said you've got eight kids. You were getting ready to go to Illinois. What was it for that you were going there? We were going to go see Wicked, my husband and I. Is that a play or something? You're going to see what? What is that? Wicked, the play. Okay. Based off the Wizard of Oz. Oh, Wicked. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So you and your husband were going to see Wicked, and then what happened? Um, I came home. I had two, the two youngest were at home. They were very upset. The dog warden was parked on the street. He'd been knocking on doors to see who had dogs and dog if the dogs were licensed. 
Well, we've lived out in the country. Are you kidding wow. me? That they're, no, they're, I'm they're, not. Hold on. They're going door to door, yes. checking to see if you have a... Excuse me, ma'am. I'm here to see if you have any dogs and yes. if... If, and just to make sure that they've you've paid your uh, you know your stipend to the uh, the, the county your bribe sure. good right. lord well um, my twelve year old answered the door and um, the dog warden uh, said to him do you know if the dogs are licensed he said no what twelve year old boy knows that right who would know and, that yeah and um, he said well if they don't have their licenses I'll have to come back and take them away scaring the crap out of your twelve year old kid just Pretty to, to much. just to prove that he's a I'm a big, tough dog warden. Right. I don't have so a the, chip on my the, shoulder or anything. The time I got home, my 12-year-old's very upset, and his 10-year-old sister, the baby, is sobbing. Now, you have to understand my dogs. I have a Papillon who's not even five pounds. Right. She, uh, she's getting, or he, the Papillon's getting outside and uh, you know raising a real yeah. ruckus in the neighborhood, yeah, I'm he's, sure. Yeah, he's terribly dangerous. Well, now, hold on. Now, the, the issue isn't danger. The issue isn't size. The issue is control. The issue right. is money. These bureaucrats, uh, they want to control your life, and they want you to pay them for their services, which you never right. asked for. Um, so it doesn't have anything to do with the size of the dog or no, their it, viciousness. It, you're right. It does not. But we had, our dogs are well-trained. They're well-kept. We pay. You know, we, they go to the vet. They've had all their shots. Um, I do all that part because it's my responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's not someone else's responsibility to come around and scare the crap out of my kids. Right. Uh, that's also my responsibility. But <laughs> anyway, um, I catch up with him on the street because I just want to resolve the situation as quickly as possible. So I say to him, yeah, I'm really sorry. Got the dogs. I, he only saw the one dog, so I admitted having to the second dog. Mm -hmm. And... Um, he says, we have to get licenses. Fine. He says, well, had you done it in the beginning, the license would have only been $12. But since you've waited, it's now going to be $35 each. Mm. Fine. Write you a check right now. Write the check. I say, okay, are we done? He says, no, now I have to write you two tickets. Extortion. <laughs> just of the highest order. I, I, said, but I just, you know, I came in. I told you the truth. I could have just said I had one dog, but I told you I had the second dog. And after I pay this, now I have to pay tickets? The tickets. He said, yes. I said, okay, can I just write you a check now? No, you have to either go to court or mail in the payment. Right, Fine, there's whatever. hoops you need to jump through. Yes. So we went uh, out of town, and you know what? I forgot. I took the youngest five, and my husband and I mm. went out of town, and I forgot. Oh, that I they've got you now. Ticket. Well, um, this past Friday, the tickets were supposed to be paid on Wednesday. This past Friday, since I hadn't paid the tickets, um, a sheriff came and knocked on my door and asked me to step outside, asked who I was, asked me to show him ID, and I'm thinking the whole time I kept saying, is everything all right? I, your your ID at your front door, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, he has to see the ID to, uh, to know that he's, he's looking to, to, to know that you're the one he wants to arrest. Right, he wants to arrest a certain person. Yeah, and he wanted to uh, run, make sure I didn't have any other warrants. I have never even had, right. well, in the past four years, I haven't even had a speeding ticket. Nothing. Hmm. So um, he informs me that he has to put me under arrest. And oh. I said, you've, you've got to be kidding. They're putting you under arrest for not paying a, a dog license ticket? Yes. They'll and I said, you've you. got to be kidding. We own a business in our town. and um, Yes, we're familiar with it. We advertise, yeah. So I <laughs> said, you know, um, I said you've, you've got to be kidding me. And I said, he said, no, you have to come with me. In fact, I really should cuff you right now. And I said, <laughs> no, hold on a second. You just you need to hold on. You know, pretty much I'm your typical suburban mom. And I said, you're going to have to come inside. I have to make a few phone calls. And he said, well, I have to come with you because I want to make sure you don't pull a gun on me. I said, okay. <laughs> For a dog. Come on in. Two dogs. So he came in. The kids are, you know, concerned. I'm like, guys, no big deal. You know, mom's just going to have to figure it out. So I said, okay, I'll come with you. 
should I follow you or you're going to follow me? And he said, no, you have to ride in the car. Mm-hmm. And you're I under said, arrest. <laughs> Why do I? Yeah. I, it took a while for the concept to get through my head. Sure. Like because you've was, never been forced, um, and and at this point he hadn't pulled the gun, but you've never been yeah. forced to get in the car with a cop before. No, so it was completely. And you shouldn't foreign, be at so this he, point either. <laughs> he allowed me to call a girlfriend, and I said, "You know, I'm being arrested. Can you come get me at the courthouse? I should be out in like 45 minutes." And she just, oh. so we went in there, and the whole way he's chatting about, you know, he knows my family, and I know his mom and dad, and I'm like, "Great, you're still arresting me." Yeah. <laughs> So we get there. Just doing have, my job, ma'am. Yeah, pretty much. That's what um, they said in Nuremberg, too. My bail is $2,000. $2,000? $2,000. Now, I only have to put down 10%. That's still $200. 10% and the deed to your house. Yeah, pretty much. Is it, is it, is it not? I mean, that's what? that's my understanding that if you if you put down the 10% with, through a bail bondsman that you have to put up your house. Well, I didn't have to go through a bail, bail bondsman because I had cash with me. Okay, you had so cash of $200? Give, um, but I also had to give them a major credit card to hold on to. <laughs> so in case I didn't show up for court, they could charge me the entire 2000 Okay, yeah. so you essentially put up uh, 10% in cash and the rest in credit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, and, then, and wait, how uh, long was it? Was it actually 45 minutes or was it four hours? No, it was really only around 45 minutes. So. I, I did find out later um, that I kind of lucked out because they usually don't serve warrants. Uh, this is stupid. I'm finding myself lucky for this next fact. They usually don't serve these warrants until after 6 o'clock, so you can't bail yourself out over the weekend. You have to stay in jail all weekend. Nice. Well, you know, this is, it just goes to, it it shows um, the, uh, you know, their acknowledgement of your class and standing in the community that they they decided to arrest you during the day, so you um, would only Mm -hmm. have to spend 45 minutes. But understand that if they did this to the uh, typical suburban mom that didn't make quite as much money, she would have spent the night in jail. Probably. Over dog tickets. You know, Mike was out of town, my husband. So had I had to spend the night in jail, and, uh, you know, I would have had to scramble to get someone to come stay with the kids, mm. or else I would have gotten charged with, like, child endangerment or something. Something crazy. I yeah, your kids would be in, my uh, children alone. Your kids would be in HRS by the end of the night, yeah. and uh, God knows what horrible, horrible things would befall them there. So now, when did all this happen, Jennifer? I missed that point. Oh, this was just on Friday. Okay, so then this is, uh, so then is there a court date, or what's the current um, status? I went to court on Monday. I had to wait two and a half hours. Um, I got to listen to the judge. I thought, well, this would be a piece of cake because all these people were in for drunk driving, spousal abuse, and this. And he was saying, okay, this is how much the fee is and this much time in jail, but we're going to waive all this stuff. He was barely charging anyone anything until I got up there. Right. He waived everybody else's stuff. Pretty much. And then he told me what the possible fines could be. I pled no contest. He said, um, you know, why aren't the dogs licensed? And I said, you know I already have to license my children pretty much by getting the Social Security cards. Um, I have three other cats. How come they don't have to have a license? You know, we have cats. We have dogs. I don't think it's necessary. Don't give them any ideas, Jennifer. <laughs> Sorry. I was just trying to make a point. I said it's Right. Not in this town, they want, in, in the town I live in, they want you to license cats, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, but he said, well, it is necessary. It's a law. And I said, well, I just don't think it should be a law. And he said, okay, maximum fine. Bam. hundred bucks for each dog. How much? Plus court cost. Plus, this is my favorite part, I had to pay $13.65 for my ride in the sheriff's car. You've got to be kidding. Oh, These no. Right through are... town. So the whole ordeal cost me $281.65. Uh, my mm. name was in the paper saying that I had been arrested. All right. Um, a dog beautiful. criminal. You know, this is yeah. so amazing. And... I have a record now. Which I always thought, you know, when I did get arrested, it'd be for something, you know, a lot better than... Do you not find yourself... I'm short on time, Jennifer, but do you find yourself wishing that you'd never answered or your son had never answered the door in the first place? I, I find myself wishing that I had lied, and I've always told my kids not to lie, 
but... Well, now you can add a caveat. Don't lie unless it's to government people. Thanks for the call. Great story. We appreciate it. Hour two's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our website we give away, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. I want to talk health care. We'll get to global warming uh, perhaps in hour number three when our California listeners are on, because you know. The California people, they like that stuff. Uh, I think that that's a, a terrible, terrible thing to say. You know, you know, there's people all over that care about global warming. and um, you Yeah, know, but most a, of them live in California. Yeah, no, they call it climate change now, Ian. Is that right? Yeah, global, global climate, climate change. change. Because, in fact, the winters are supposed to get colder and the summers are supposed to get warmer. Right, or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. But, but first, the ice caps are melting. <laughs> let's talk about health care because uh, I've got a couple of emails here that are just mind-blowing. I mean, we've heard the stories before. We've read them from websites, internet websites like LouRockwell.com, and and they're usually pretty, uh, you know, they're usually pretty persuasive and interesting about socialist healthcare failure and how it's just awful and people suffer. And but it's free. People are suffering, but it is free. Uh, we'll get to the stories here in a moment. One from Canada, and then another one from Germany, and the Germany one was really a shocker for me. I'll explain why in a little while here, but first let's go to the phones uh, because this is a show about your calls. Talk to Joseph in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Joseph. Yeah, um, well, today was the first time that I actually saw anything about anybody else burning their Social Security cards. But last night, after for some reason, um, I, I, I just you know, felt that... I, I was compelled to look closer at my ID and my Social yeah. Security card. Mm-hmm. Okay. And even just certain dates, and all the all the numbers of everything just added up. And if all the numbers add up, a, a reasoning, logical man, not not. Wait, wait, what numbers are you talking about? Well, even even like the years of everything. I mean, nobody can predict the exact date, but right now, science, mythology, numerology, everybody is in agreement that we are near the end of times, and. <laughs> it, I'm not in agreement. Yeah, I don't oh. agree either. Wayne, how do you feel on that one? I don't know, the Mayan calendar ends at 2012, but I'm still going to try to push it, the envelope, and maybe live to tw- uh, 2020 if I can. All right, well, I mean, why are other people being compelled to burn their Social Security cards? People who are not not connected well, to it each doesn't other have any, any it's way no that religious why, why don't you tell me the reason that no, you no, no, think no, that I'm Social not Security cards are religious. I've never been a religious person. But you just said the world was going to end. You would have to be religious to believe the world was going to end, and that somebody would know when it was going to end. Well, the scientific reasoning points to this. I mean, <laughs> what scientific look, reasoning? Look at, look at the look at the climate changes. Everything that was you know supposed to happen. I'm not sure we have climate changes. Like everybody everybody discredits all these things, like uh, the Great Pyramids, the Mayans, the Aztecs, all civilizations that apparently met their end. But maybe maybe it's not a prophecy. Maybe okay, just... all jokes aside, this has been great. Do you really believe this crap? 
Um, well, it, it's hard to discern exactly. You are <laughs> excellent. <laughs> really, really good. Yeah. I must say, A+. plus. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. 800. We almost thought you believed it. Uh, oh, I know the rest of you did. I just... I, <laughs> <laughs> it was good. He didn't have quite enough details for me to uh, to, 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 to totally believe it, but man, he... He, he was just sort of cobbling together, you know, numerology, <laughs> the Aztecs, and... Uh, oh, I, I yeah. thought it was pretty good. All right, 800-259-9231. But to, to answer his question, I'm going to answer his question about people burning their Social Security cards because it has happened here in New Hampshire, I think, a, a couple of times at this point. Uh, we may be actually overdue for another Social Security card burning. It, it used to happen on a once-a-year basis, and I think someone's dropped the ball on that. Uh, but the activists here in New Hampshire, the free staters that have moved up here and some of the local New Hampshire uh, residents, uh, long-time residents, have uh, gathered together on an occasional basis to burn their social security cards. And there's no religious reasoning behind it. There's no numerology garbage. Uh, it's just simply that, well, they don't want them anymore. They're not interested in uh, taking part in the government's wealth, forced wealth redistribution program, and they want to make a visible symbol uh, of their rejection of that concept. And what could be more visible than burning a uh, social security card? Or in the case of, uh, I think they actually created a larger version of a social security card so it could be more visible when you can actually set it on fire instead of this teeny little piece of paper. Yeah, they and were putting it on skewers. On the last one. They were. And yeah. you can actually go, I think, to nhfree.com, and I'm sure the videos are on there somewhere. Again, the event's somewhat old at this point, but maybe I, sh maybe I should post a message over at the NHFree's forum and remind them and say, maybe we should do this. Maybe this year we need to do another Social Security card burn. Because we did the U.N. flag burn last year, uh, but we didn't do a Social Security card burn. It was the third annual U.N. flag burn. That's right. You gotta give people uh, enough people that are willing to burn their social security cards, and essentially that says I don't want to have a bank account or a job in the future. So, well, that's not necessarily the case. Some people have claimed to have opened bank accounts without uh, their social security numbers. I don't know how the hell they do it. Uh, well, but you gotta have the number. You don't have to have the card, I guess, but you certainly have to have the card to get a job. Do you? I believe you do. I believe they have to have a photocopy of your uh, drive. Every the the job I remember getting most recently, and it's been uh, several years ago. Um, I needed a driver's license, social security card, photocopied on file. Hmm. Well, I, uh, I when I got my like when I got my home loan, they wanted my social security card, but I burned it. So uh, <laughs> I actually went down to the social security office and got a printout of this thing that says so and so Ian has a social security number and it is so on. And uh, that was good enough for the the mortgage company. I don't see why that wouldn't be good enough for a job. But anyway. Um, even people that have already burned their cards could burn another effigy if they wanted to. It's just uh, it's a visual thing to get uh, the press interested in that sort of thing. So, I hope that explains it. 800-259-9231. Let's jump into healthcare. Daniel emails in from Canada. He says, I've been hearing a lot about Canadian health care, in quotes, on your show lately. And I thought I'd relate a story of my own. At the time, I was living in Ontario. Uh, Miss... Missiaga, Miss Missisiaga, or something like that, like they're, like they're Mississippi, but I don't know. different. Uh, a, su a south suburb of Toronto, and I was 17 at the time. I decided to try to get in shape and took a karate class, but I overexerted myself, and my legs started to ache very badly, and it wouldn't go away. So I went to the emergency room. I could have gone to my general practitioner, but it would have been a few weeks to a month before I would have been able to see him because of the perpetual doctor shortage. Now remember, the Canadians are taught in government school that their health care system is the best in the world, that universal health care is just great. And it's free. And it's free. Uh, but then again, there's a doctor shortage, and you have to wait weeks to a month before even getting to see the guy. Unfortunately, he says, resorting to the emergency room is also everyone else's plan. 
because the doctors are so overburdened, everyone goes to the emergency room. Uh, he points out that even if they just have the flu or a muscle ache or a mole or any other number of things that a general practitioner would normally handle, as usual, the emergency rooms were so crowded that I had to wait four or five hours that day, which isn't uncommon. When the doctors came out to, or the doctor came out to see me, he was extremely abrupt. He took about 30 seconds to hear the symptoms, like when it started and what it feels like, and poked at my leg a few times, then came to his steadfast conclusion. He told us, he had no idea what it was, and that it had the symptoms of a blood clot, but blood clots are extremely uncommon in 17-year-olds, so that's probably not what it was. He pressured me and my parents to just take a shot of blood thinner to dissolve any potential clots and come back later if it doesn't go away. He was hasty, rude, and impatient, so we did what he asked rather than debate the issue. A nurse came by and gave me the shot, and I was on my way. It later turned out that the real cause of my problem was internal bleeding due to hemophilia, a genetic oh my God. condition. So blood which thinner is uh, the worst thing you could do for this guy. Certainly wasn't good. Uh, uh, hemophilia is a genetic condition which causes dangerously thin blood. The potent blood thinner I was given didn't help matters. Over the next few days, my calf muscle stiffened up and ached so badly I could no longer walk on it, and the tip of my toes on that leg were always pointing straight out, and trying to move my ankle resulted in a great deal of pain. I actually had to be carried by my parents. Worst of all, it wasn't long until I hip-hopped on one leg over to the bathroom and discovered that my urine was red with blood. I was in hysterics. I feared I was dying. Yeah, I, what, what do you? If you've never had this happen before, you would absolutely feel like you were dying. And we rushed back to the hospital for another four-hour wait. After the second wait, we got the same treatment. We were looked at for thirty seconds, and the doctor told us he had no idea what the problem was, and maybe steroids would fix it. Quote: Steroids have been known to stop bleeding in the bladder. He said. The quote, we're not sure why it works scientifically, but it does. Is this guy an auto mechanic? What, what, what is this guy? <laughs> they couldn't find a real doctor. Uh, Daniel says, I'm not a doctor, and I certainly wasn't a doctor then, but even I had to have some doubts about that. I'd, I'd rather go to my vet than this guy. Well, he did go somewhere else, and we'll explain where else he went in a few moments. 800-259-9231. The Canadian healthcare nightmare. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. We've got live streams, a broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both for free for you at freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters uh, created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents, like setting up a corporation or limited liability company. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's FTL, like Free Talk Live, to save at LegalZoom.com. We're talking about this email from Daniel, who lives in Canada, and he was 17 at the time that he's telling this story. I'm not sure how old he is now. It's not relevant. Uh, But he was uh, a young man who had overexerted himself in a karate class he uh, got a very bad uh, ache in his leg, wouldn't go away, so went to the emergency room, which is what a lot of Canadians do because it takes forever to see the general practitioner because of their awful uh, universal health care translation socialist health care system that they have. And 
you know, at this point in his life, he probably thought the uh, healthcare system was great because that's what they teach you. Because in, it was always there. Right. Well, because that's what they teach you in Canadian schools is that uh, their healthcare system is the best in the world. And the doctor came out, poked him and prodded him a little bit for about 30 seconds, told him that uh, he needed to take blood thinner and went away. Well, and the doctor was, uh, he described brusque and ready to go. You know, like right. he just was not interested in, in doing out, it. In and out. In and out. And, uh, and that's the way it is. When you're paying a doctor to go see them, they're incentivized to take good care of you. You are the person who is paying. When Correct. When the government is paying and they just see them um, and they're just paying based on how many people that doctor sees, he's incentivized to get in and out of that room as quickly as possible and yep. to make sure you come back. So he gave him a blood thinner and turned out later on they discovered he's got hemophilia, which is a th- uh, thin blood problem. So the blood thinner certainly was not of any assistance. His condition worsened, went back, saw a different doctor. This one said steroids would solve the problem because he was bleeding in his urine at that point and uh, said that steroids should stop the uh, bleeding in the bladder. And Daniel points out, he says, could urine, uh, could bleeding in urine be caused by the kidneys or the urinary tract? Why does he believe it's the bladder? Is he just making assumptions so that he can get me shot up with drugs and out the door as quickly as possible? It was at that point that my parents decided, at my behest, that we didn't want to subject ourselves to these quacks anymore. And we made the trip to Toronto's famed Sick Kids Hospital. At 17 and a half, I was still eligible to be a patient there. Thank goodness. I got wonderful care there. They assigned me. Uh, they assigned a doctor to me, and a whole team of interns all theorized about what could be wrong. They gave me blood tests, and they used sonar on my leg to check for blood clots. And they insisted I stay on one of their many beds. I was even met by some Toronto Blue Jays players who signed some baseball cards for me and asked me to get well soon. <laughs> they diagnosed my hemophilia and kept an eye on things until all the internal bleeding healed up, and they offered me some classes to help me understand and deal with my condition. And you think to yourself, wow, what's the difference here? Right. Well, I mean, that children's hospital, the Toronto Children's Hospital you're talking about, it, it must be one of the success stories of the Canadian health care system. It must be. In fact, he says, for a while, my faith was restored in the Canadian health care system until years later, I discovered that the Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto is a completely private charity, and they accept no money from government. Well, good for them. He says, that's my story. Thanks for reading. If you're interested, I could also tell you about the time I got raided by the police under tax evasion charges when I was 18. Yes, I am interested in that story. Uh, so please send it on, Daniel. But uh, what an amazing story, huh? What a study in contrast. How could an 18-year-old even, even have time to evade taxes? I don't know. I don't um, you just don't pay them? Anyway, uh, what an amazing study in contrast, right? You've got the government doctors that poke and prod for 30 seconds and uh, then you know move you on, prescribe you something. Just pick something out of the air and prescribe it to you. I think steroids will help. Send you on. No, it's a blood thinner. Oh, uh, no, yeah, try steroids. Amazing. A blood thinner. The worst thing you could do for a hemophiliac, right. it seems, from my lay- layman's uh, you know, view. And the doctors came right out and said, well, uh, I don't know what's wrong with you, but try this blood thinner. We don't know what's wrong. Try this steroid. Uh, and then so then he goes to the private charity and is just, just treated so, so much better. Is it any wonder why they're having so much trouble finding doctors in Canada? Probably because they're coming down here to uh, America to uh, to do work, or maybe they're black market there in Canada. 
because that's what I'd look for. I'd look for a black market doctor or a government doctor any day. Anyway, more on the way. Uh, a story from Germany. Not a, not a horror story, per se, but it is horrible um, in that he describes the German healthcare system, which is also a socialist system. But first, we go to the phones, because uh, this is a show about your calls. Let's talk to Sam in Texas. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I was at a barbecue this weekend, and there was a resident, or a guy in his residency there. And so I asked him the question, what do you think about socialized medicine? And, I mean, he immediately made the connection and said, look, I work in the VA hospital. Mm. Okay, that is socialized medicine. That's what people are arguing for. And they treat the patients horribly. They're, you know, not nice to anybody. They don't do the proper tests. Uh, he also mentioned that after 2 o'clock, he can never find any of the doctors that he's supposed to be running all of his cases by and getting mentoring from. Good Lord. So you, you mean doctors in regular hospitals, are, they're there, they have to sleep in the uh, the smoking lounge, and their hair's all sticking up because they've been uh, you know, on, on duty for the last 27 hours, and these guys are gone by 2 in the afternoon? Yeah, he said that most of them go out to play golf or you know, go run errands or whatever, wow. and you can just never find them. So it may not be that there's a shortage of general practitioners in Canada. <laughs> they're just doing the exact same thing. Out on the range. Because they're going to make the same amount either way. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Which is what we were talking about earlier, where they get paid per patient, and so they, their incentive is to just run them through, and get them done by high noon so they can get the hell out. You got it. They don't care about uh, your health. They just care about the paycheck. And it's so funny, too, because the uh, the the... The people that are in favor of the socialist health care system say, we need to take the money out of, uh, out of the health care because it's the money that's a corrupting problem. And it seems to me that uh, the issue isn't necessarily money. The issue is incentives. The issue is profit incentives versus just right. the uh, incentive, this perverse incentive. What those people are is completely blinded by their hate of rich people. Yeah. And doctors should be able to get rich. You are helping people live longer. If you're providing a service that, uh, that that people want, people value, you should be getting wealthy doing it. But we also need to get all the political entrepreneurs out of medicine and just keep the market entrepreneurs there. Absolutely. Sam, any other thoughts? Uh, nope, that was it. Thanks for the story, man. We really appreciate it. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. All you have to do is talk to people. You know, just talk to people that have actually had experience in socialized health care. Talk to people in the VA. Um, talk to uh, especially military veterans. These are the guys that are the real victims of socialist health care in America. They're the ones that are feeling the brunt like Daniel was in Canada. They're the ones that are getting the mis- uh, misprescribed medicine. And if they support it, look, follow the money. Figure out whether, what they have to gain by it. If they're supporting the system, yeah. yeah. Usually, it's one of the one of two things. They're either the uh, you know people that for whatever reason hate rich people, mm-hmm. or people that have something to gain inside the system, or they haven't actually discovered how awful the system is. You'll, or they're you know somebody fresh out of government school that believes that this is a wonderful idea. Healthcare would be free for everyone, and that's what you deserve. You know that sort of idyllic uh, idyllic mentality, which will be shattered inevitably when they finally get sick and are subjected to the awful government health care system. Now, does America have the perfect system? Hell no. I know means. Uh, it is watered down by government regulation. Uh, it is polluted by government uh, rules and regs and taxes, and we need to move in a less government direction, not more. More on the way, though. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. 
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. Updates. Get signed up for them. Go to updates.freetalklive.com, and we'll keep you clued in whenever there's something new to announce about the program. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Uh, let's go quickly to the amplifier line. Talk to Bill in New Hampshire. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live. How's everything going tonight? Super. What's on your mind? I just wanted to call in and briefly uh, try and remind everybody who's uh, signed up for the first 1,000 pledge to go over to Pledge Bank, sign in, and click on the little button that says you've actually completed the pledge and moved to New Hampshire. I'd like to see, you know, a big list of, you know, 1,000 green check marks. Wow, I didn't know there was such a feature uh, with Pledge Bank. Yes, there is. That's pretty cool. I might have to go into that myself. Uh, You're referring to the first 1,000 pledge bill. What, What is that for our uninitiated listeners? Uh, well, the first 1,000 pledge was your idea, and that was to get uh, 1,000 people to sign up to move to New Hampshire uh, as part of the Free State Project by the end of 2008. Right, and of course the Free State Project being a movement of uh, getting 20,000 activists to move to New Hampshire in order to be activists for liberty when they get here and uh, follow uh, follow their hearts and do whatever it is that they think is best as far as activism is concerned. And you are one of the newer movers uh, to the state, and what are some of the things that you've been thinking of uh, possibly? To, uh, to to do activism uh, as far as what is activism for Bill, I guess? Uh, that, that encompasses a lot, really, because, um, you know, I, I'd really just like to see people get involved in any way possible to, you know, get our country to go back to the Constitution, be it freedom of speech, freedom to petition the government for redress of grievances, freedom to keep and bear arms, whatever that is. I mean, you know, I'm sure at some point, you know, after I've been here for two years, I'll be running for office. Ah, excellent. Um, yeah, you know, just, just trying to get lower taxes, trying to get government out of our life. Uh, you know, I called in the other day about how, you know, our, our little town spends 99% of its budget, you know, on the public school. <laughs> I don't have any kids. Why am I paying for this? Excellent question. I can't answer that. This is for the greater good of the community, Bill. All all sorts of crazy things like that. Uh, We were just having a discussion with other people at lunch, and they were explaining how uh, his town, Concord, has alternate side of the street parking. um, What's that mean, alternate side of the street? Oh, you're going to love this. Uh, This is a service that the government provides you, whether or not you want it or not. And... Every other day, you have to switch which side of the street that you park on. Otherwise, you get a ticket so that they can sweep the streets. Right. And so, huh. yes, so, you know, they want to provide you with a service that you're forced to pay for, and when they can't provide it for you, they treat you extra. I wish I had a business like that. So that's for, that's for residential areas, uh, I presume? Uh, I would imagine it would be. Gotcha. I mean, I, I, I remember uh, when I lived in New Jersey and Maryland, they had that kind of scam going on, and mm-hmm. I, I remember getting tickets for that. Very good. So uh, have you found, I mean, you're, again, you're, what, like two weeks? You've only been here two and a half weeks or something like that. Have you found oh, oh, that uh, there's just too much to do at this point that you really have to be kind of choosy about uh, what activism you do here in New Hampshire because there's just that much? Not at this point, because I've been kind of holding off, just just sort of, you know, getting the flavor of, you know, what things are going on, who's doing it, how they're doing it, where it's taking place. 
you know, I'm still unpacking a bunch of stuff and rearranging things, so that's taken up a little bit of time. Sure. Uh, I've been checking out the the calendar over on nh3.com, and mm-hmm. that's certainly very helpful. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot going on. There really uh, is. And know, it's, it's an amazing. There's a lot of little. Little local meetings, there's a lot of Ron Paul activism, there's uh, all sorts of things. Yeah, it's an amazing group of people, great activists, uh, just a great uh, group of people that are waiting to be your friends when you get here. So it's not like you're going to be all alone. I mean, you had 40 people show up to help you unload your uh, moving truck when you moved in here. It was amazing. Uh, I'd never seen anything like it myself. It's, uh, Neither have I, and I can't thank you guys enough. Bill, thank you for the call, man. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Welcome home, Bill. Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. You know what? I mentioned uh, last night that we've got an activist here in Keene that was ticketed for making a U-turn. It was apparently, you know, the overnight hours, so traffic was certainly non-existent at that time. And he made a U-turn in, uh, I guess, a business district here in Keene, New Hampshire. A cop spotted him, pulled him over, ticketed him for it, and uh, he didn't pay the didn't pay the ticket. Today was the last day that he could either, you know, pay or show up in court. And he decided he was going to show up in court, so he called us yesterday, some of uh, some of the activists, uh, the other activists here in the area, and uh, we decided we'd, we'd meet him, uh, uh, you know, half an hour early to sort of discuss what he was going to do. And I, of course, brought my video camera in, and it was very interesting because I had been in this courtroom, this district courtroom, once before to tape Russell Canning, who's another activist in the area, to tape his uh, hearing, and you, you have to understand something about bureaucrats is they really respect perceptions of authority so if you've got a press badge on which i made on my home printer and a little you know lanyard and you you look if you try to look official they'll believe that you're official and so all i had was this homemade press badge and a little tripod for my video camera right ian doesn't have to look respectable i mean a a cameraman doesn't generally look respectable he just has to look official no it's in a pair of jeans and a you know a polo shirt and so pierce nose be a more convincing cameraman and 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 I had my badge, and there were two of us there with cameras, myself and another gentleman named Caleb. Now, Caleb didn't have any of the accessories that I did. He just had his, his handheld camera. Caleb was not allowed to film in the courtroom because he didn't have the, the press badge, but I was. And here was what was most interesting about the entire proceeding, and that was that even though David, the guy who had the ticket, was not on the docket for the day, and they had a full docket, because I called the day before to let him know we were coming, they let him go first. They also let Russell go first when we were there. So something, it seems that, that something about having a camera in the courtroom makes them want to put your person first. I don't know why that is, because you'd think that they would utilize their power in order to, uh, you know, force you to wait all day long till two or three or four in the afternoon uh, when they, you know, they've done everybody else and then call you up there so no one else can see what you're going to do because our activists, I mean, David got up there and he said that he morally objects to extortion and he's not going to be paying the fine. The judge looked at him and he said, okay, you're free to go. We'll handle this in the normal fashion. Now, nobody really knows what that means. We presume it means they're going to send like an armed group of thugs to his house to pick him up or maybe suspend his license. Who knows what that means? Uh, but that was it. It was over within seconds. Maybe they didn't want you to see how he handled the other cases after. 
Maybe, or maybe they didn't want him in the courtroom or something like that, talking to people. I, I really don't, I still personally don't understand the bureaucrat's logic on that one. Um, if you've got any insight, 800-259-9231. Or maybe they just don't feel comfortable with a camera in the courtroom. Maybe they just want to get the camera out so they hear that person first. But it sure is convenient. So if you get the opportunity to go to district court, try to get a friend to bring a camera in there. Maybe that'll get you to... You know, jump ahead of all the uh, the queue of the waiting masses. But what's also interesting is because he went first and because other people saw him do that, when we were standing around outside just sort of chatting uh, and talking about what had happened and just discussing things, uh, there were a few people that came out of the courthouse that stopped by to ask him, some, ask us some questions like, what did you do in there? You know, that sort of thing, because they'd never seen anybody do something like that. And they were very curious, and uh, so he got people thinking. You know, he got people uh, questioning the system. And it was interesting, too, because we had people coming out that uh, one guy had a, some sort of an alcohol violation. I didn't really find out what it was, but he was charged $700 for a, like a, like a possession charge or something like that. Another guy came out for having a dime bag of marijuana with a $420 fine. And it's just amazing. These people are being extorted. And uh, Julia pointed out that, you know, if these, if it weren't for these drug war crimes, these victimless crimes... Right. If this was a crime, then why'd they just give the guy a fine? I mean, it, shouldn't he be locked up, uh, you know, if it was really a crime? Shouldn't he be away from the rest of us because he's contaminating society? No, they just, it's just about money. It's about the money. You know, if they, they would not be able to have the bureaucracies that they have if it weren't for these excessive fines. If they were only going after rapists and murderers and locking those people in jail cells, they wouldn't have this extra income coming in. $400 for a dime bag of marijuana? And I love how they made it $420 just to slap the potheads in the face. Just imagine what the total Jerks. take for the day was. It's unfathomable. The room was packed. Oh I mean, at, at an average of $250, they would have taken in thousands upon thousands of dollars. 800-259-9231. You can take control. Phones are loaded. We're going to your calls. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up what you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. You like the show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? Then go and vote for us over at vote.freetalklive.com. It is a once a month thing. So if you've already done it, well, you can't do it again. Uh, but if you've yet to vote for Free Talk Live in the month of August, now would be a good time because I looked earlier today and we were trailing. Uh, we had been in number one and we had dropped to number two, the number two podcast in the world, according to podcastalley.com. We can go back up, but we need your vote at vote.freetalklive.com. And if you've already done it, then maybe instant message a few friends or send out some emails and ask some uh, friends or family members to do it as well. Vote.freetalklive.com. Great way to support the show, and it takes you less than a minute. All you need is your email address. The phones are loaded. Uh, we still have to talk about the German healthcare system, so we will get to that. But first, we need to go to Eric in Michigan. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Eric in Michigan, going once. Eric in Michigan. Hello, Hello there we Eric. Go. Howdy, fellas. What's on your mind? I'd like to talk about your position on Roe versus Wade, Ian. Uh, I don't know much about it. Well, the other day you said that you thought that it should be reserved to the states, the right to uh, legislate on abortion. Well, uh, I person that's that's as I understand it, what Ron Paul's position is. Personally, um, I don't think there should be any legislation in regards to abortion. I don't think the government should be involved. I don't think they should be uh, p- paying for abortions. Nor do I think they should be prohibiting abortions. Yeah, I would agree, but I think that it's a very anti-liberty position you're taking on Why that, is that? Uh, the one that you're taking currently. 
because you are choosing state tyranny over national liberty. No, sir. I just told you that I don't think that there should be government involvement in abortion. So well, I choose, that, I choose uh, no state. We should get rid of Roe v. Wade and what that implies. Uh, I think we should get rid of the government, Eric. Yeah, but we're working within the government system right now. We can't demolish it tomorrow. Wish we could. But, you know, we're working on it now. So mm-hmm. if we got rid of Roe versus Wade, you'd have states uh, banning, you know, uh, the, uh, the practice, you know, perhaps uh, most of the southern states. And the thing is, then you'd be telling people that they cannot get a uh, procedure by choice in a private institution. And I believe that that is an anti-liberty position. Uh, well, that would be the state governments that would be taking the anti-liberty positions, not me, sir. Indeed, but Roe versus Wade is providing for that freedom. Right. And you know, the, the sort of the, the uh, position that I take on it is... Currently, we have the quote-unquote freedom, um, you know, women have the, the freedom to get abortions in this country. I am not for abortions. I believe that it is the ending of human life. But yeah. you told me the Hold other on, night. Right, and uh, I told you the other night that I believe that it should be reserved um, to the federal government because it's an issue of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Is it not about life? Again, I think that uh, the fact that liberty? I think the fact that the federal government is involved, it uh, is also one of the things that has been chipping away at states. Uh, the so-called concept of states' rights. I don't believe states have rights, but in this federalist sort of system that we have in this country, the idea was supposed to be that the states could compete based on their laws. Right. To where, to where uh, what we've got today is you've got a situation where the California voters have made it very, very clear they want medical marijuana in their state, and the federal government could give a flip about that, and they're going in and. Medical marijuana providers. Why? Because the states don't have any semblance of autonomy anymore, and I find that absolutely uh, sad. I concur with you that states should have um, rights, and the federal government really shouldn't be involved in this particular issue, but I am not willing to give ground on aggregate liberty in order to um, you know, uh, return some power to the states. Look, if somebody wants to do a trade where we'll say, okay, the federal government is going to respect states' position on medical marijuana if we uh, you know, give up Roe Ro v. Wade and then we'd have a uh, net zero as far as liberty goes, but I'm not willing to give up ground on liberty, which we currently have, and Precisely. I believe that's the, that's the issue. I'm for what position. works. It's a conflicting position to say that you support states' rights and liberty if the state is going to uh, reduce that liberty. I'm not taking a I conflicting position, right sir. Now. I am in, a, uh, in opposition to states. So there's no conflict here. Right. Indeed, You're putting words in my mouth. No, he's not putting words in your mouth. That's what you... That's the, not my, that's it's not the, my position that the government should do against a damn thing. the other position, though. You basically said that Roe v. Wade's a bad idea. I don't know anything about Roe v. Wade. Do you it's believe a, it's a court case. I've never read it. Have you? Then you shouldn't take a position. I'm not taking a position on Roe v. Wade. You called you and asked me about it. I said I don't know anything right. about it, sir. You said that it should be abolished and the state should have the I right, didn't but say I that at all. Position. No, sir, I didn't say that. You're putting words in my mouth. I said I the state exactly shouldn't be involved said. in abortions. That's they the, shouldn't pay for it, nor should they prohibit it. Eric's referring to a conversation we had a couple of nights ago um, where you took that position and he was on the line. And I'd have to say that I got the same impression, impression that Eric got. I have never taken a position on Roe versus Wade. I don't know a damn thing about it. Thanks for the call, Eric. 800-259-9231. Got that impression. Well, you know what? You got the wrong impression because I think you were hearing me give out what Ron Paul's position was. And then attack me based on, uh, I said, I'm not so sure about Ron Paul's position on this. I'm not so sure I agree with it. And then I got an attack from you 
based on that. Because I can understand where Ron Paul is coming from. I can the fact too. that that exists is uh, is another reason why the federal government is in such such control over the state government. I can too. From a, a principled standpoint, I would say that Ron Paul's right. It um, it should be handled by states. Right. But so from a principled standpoint, if the federal government can get involved and tell states what they can do in regards to abortions, that means they can get involved and tell states what they can re- uh, do in regards to marijuana, and but they can nobody get involved else is and going tell to take any damn thing they want. But nobody in the government is going to care about a principal position. All the um, anti-abortion people want is for the Roe v. Wade to go away, and that way the states, um, some states, can take a tyranny position and, you know, make it illegal to get an abortion. And I'm and sorry about and that. Look, and I'm not right. for results that don't freaking work. Sorry. I've been awfully quiet on this. <laughs> Yeah, I have, because I, I've listened to Ron Paul's uh, position on it, too, because he happens to be a doctor. He's delivered X mm-hmm. number of babies, what, 4,000 babies. Right. Obst- he and, was obstetrician, right? And I guess he considers he considers life beginning at conception. Um, and as a doctor, he's responsible. Once once a woman comes into his office and, and is, he, he diagnoses them as being pregnant, he's responsible for that fetus uh, as if it's a life. Right. So that's where some of the conflict comes in is, is the question of what, where life begins because if, if, there, if life does begin uh, at conception or some short time after that, then, then it's not about what the, what the, what the uh, pregnant woman wants anymore. It's about what is best for the baby because that's a separate life now. You see? Right. And, and that's the sticky question that people really... It's sticky. It's very I, sticky. I, I, it's I one that totally will never that. be answered. It's one that no one will ever come to an agreement on. And I think that's unfortunate. Um, I don't think that... I, I, I think that if we had some states that did that, then what you'd see is people going to the surrounding states in the areas to have those procedures sure. done. So, wasn't South Dakota... Didn't South Dakota pass a law that uh, essentially outlawed the procedure? Was it overturned? I some, thought they passed a law last year. Some like people this. will do it, and some people won't. And but you know, look at look at the United States. There's places where marijuana is legal in the United States. You don't see all the potheads going there, do you? Oh, let's move to Ann Arbor. Let's move to Alaska. Let's move to Nevada. Mm-hmm. They're not doing that. Well, so, I mean, getting an abortion's a little more it serious. Is, it's different. I will totally agree with you. You can go. You're, you're probably only going to get one abortion in your life. If not, you should go talk to your minister quickly. Um, but if you know. Um, these people are going to, you know, go quickly, fly in, maybe spend a day or two and the, the next state over and then, you know, fly out. So, yes, it's another issue. But if liberty really were the issue, all the pot smokers would be in uh, Nevada, Alaska or Ann Arbor or one of those places okay. where, um, you know, they, they're able to do so. A lot of people smoke pot regardless of what the law is just because they can do it and they do it privately and mm-hmm. they keep their mouth shut about it. It's true, and a lot of people would get abortions regardless of what the law was there, and I don't yeah. think they should have to because then they're dangerous, black, uh, you know, back back alley, black market abortions, right. and uh, pe- people shouldn't be subject to that. And I think it would be tragic if states uh, decided to outlaw abortions. But you know what? Again, I think the federal government should be abolished entirely. And if you don't like the government where you live, then well, you know, the old uh, the old answer to that is well, you should work to change it or move. And I've moved. I moved to New Hampshire because I didn't like the government where I was. I didn't like the prospects for liberty where I was. The prospects for liberty are much greater here. Um, And the prospects for liberty across the country are very, very muted uh, because of the existence of the federal government. So, uh, you know, in case I wasn't clear, maybe you misheard me or misinterpreted what I was saying. The government at all levels, local, state, and federal, has no business in abortion. 
They don't. They shouldn't be paying for it, and they shouldn't be uh, prohibiting it. I think it's a moral issue that uh, you know families should be working on and that kind of thing. That's right. I'm if not you willing... can find a doctor willing to do it, then that should be about as far as it goes. I believe that there's a lot of bad. I, I think that it's the ending of a human life, but I think that there's a, a lot of bad things associated with outlawing it. A lot of bad things. Of course there are. It's a black market. Well, and not just that. Just uh, you know, do we really want children born into homes that uh, would have preferred to have aborted them? Indeed. Let's go to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Um, I'm a I'm a look at it this way. Okay, we are Israel here. We are God's kingdom on earth. Okay. I look at it that's your opinion. Abortion was brought about uh, when we started here. Now, say the Illuminati started. Okay, Hold on. Wow, that's a lot of, I thought uh, the Illuminati came around in the 1700s. Were they doing abortion? Yeah, I know, but the, the woman that started this was Illuminati. Oh, I see. Okay? I mean, here with her thing. The, the, uh, what do you think America. her diabolical plan is? Yeah, but the thing about the marijuana, I think that they, they – so see, God told you in Genesis he left every herbal seed here to keep us healthy. Yeah. There is stuff in there that will help you. They can take it out and put it into a capsule. Sure. You, you, you can, can take it. Yeah, Absolutely. they can, but the uh, marijuana patients have found that that's not as effective as uh, vaporized well, uh, marijuana. I mean, you know, God left it here. He, he told us there's everything here to keep it. Like, matter of fact, like, there's a natural herb that pulls your stem cells out in two hours. Paula, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Hour three's on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the show. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on our site we give away, so do enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Now then, at the, uh, the very beginning of this month, we had asked our listeners to go to vote for us at the podcast awards. And it was something you could do on a daily basis. You could vote once a day for Free Talk Live in the political category, um, which we'd actually won the first two years in a row in 2006 and 2005. We won uh, that category. This year, the competition expanded. We had more competition this time out than we did last year. Last year, we were up against Democracy Now!, which is a fairly popular socialist radio show. Uh, We were up against the president's... What are you... It's not that socialist. I mean, they're, they're advocating democracy, which is the first step towards socialism. And uh, from everything I've heard, it's pretty socialist. It's on NPR. I mean, that's enough reason to call it socialist as far as I'm concerned. All right. I uh, second that. Yeah. And uh, so this year we were up against, I think last year was only four other competitors. This year there was nine additional competitors uh, in addition to Free Talk Live. So ten total shows to vote from, which um, we won. Yeah, third yep. year in a row. Three Pete. Uh which not too shabby. So the congratulations though go out to those of you who voted for it. Yeah, because, the thanks. Right. It wasn't us. We didn't do it. You guys went out and made us the number one uh, first of all we're the number one uh podcast many, many months at podcastalley.com, which is good. Uh, but you guys went out and voted for Free Talk Live. We beat Democracy Now again. Uh we beat Slate.com, which is a incredibly popular website. We beat their podcast and a handful of other ones as well, including uh, our buddy uh, Dan Carlin. He was in the in the running. Uh, yep. We like Dan, so great show! Congratulations to Dan for uh, for making the nomination this year. 
And so we won, and you guys voted for us, and I just wanted to announce that. So third year in a row. Thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, and I, I have to give my personal thanks to everybody who voted. Uh, this really is, really is valuable when talking to advertisers. When, it, when you're able to say, look, we're the uh, 2005 and 2006 and now 2007 political podcast of the year. They may not know what a podcast is, but they have heard the word in the news, mm-hmm. and that means something to them. So they feel like they're making a safer bet by advertising with Free Talk Live because, well, I've heard podcasts in the new, in news. I, I know that it's a good thing. I know that it's new. I, I know that it's popular. All the kids are doing it. <laughs> I should do this. Uh, this is, is clearly one um, of the better podcasts because they've won three years in a row. You, you know, those are the kind of right. thoughts that go through the minds of advertisers. And, you know, it makes my job easier. It's going to make it, uh, you know, it's, it's going to make Free Talk Live expand some more. I think, Thank you. Yes, as far as expansion is concerned, I think that it might help a little bit when it comes to getting more radio stations on board. I don't know how much it, it affects things, but, the, you know, it does make a difference when I can say we've won this three times in a row. We've got 28 stations that have come on board with this, with this program. They know something you don't. What is it that all these Internet listeners know? What is it that all these podcast listeners know that you as a radio program director have yet to figure out? You know, that sort of a thing. Like, something's going on. These guys have something special. They've won this award three times in a row. It wasn't, uh, you know, a money contest. It was simply a popularity contest. And uh, you guys made it happen. So thank you. Uh, We'll probably ask you to do it again next year. In fact, you guys nominated us and you uh, voted for us. So. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. People have been hanging on patiently. Let's go to Jeremy in Boston. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, um, well, I want to talk in response to that caller, the the woman with the uh, eight children. Sure, the one that was arrested for not licensing her animals. Jennifer, her dogs. exactly, her. Yes, sir. uh, She's about uh, as responsible for... uh, um, I'm sorry, wait, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we got you fine. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You guys weren't saying anything. I thought I was off the air. No, <laughs> just listening to you. Go ahead. She's responsible for as many uh, as many uh, children on the street as uh, Hurricane Katrina, and her parenting is probably up there with Chris Benoit. Thank you, and good night. I don't <laughs> understand that. Um, 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll. Free line for you. There you go. It's 9 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Apparently not. Somebody doesn't. Uh, let's go to Alex in Florida. Alex, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, hey guys. How are you? What's on your mind? Well, first of all, I've been starting to listen to other talk radio like Rush and Neil, and uh, they're so boring. You guys are so much like funner to listen to, regardless of the fact that I agree with you guys. Really, you know, I I always wonder. I mean, this is the I don't consider myself to be a professional broadcaster, although I am paid to do this. That's what that's the qualification. That is that the qualification. I, I I feel like a uh, a midget among uh, giants. In fact, in, you in get paid more than anyone else on this show in, in, in this particular <laughs> industry. Um, so I listen, you know, I listen to to Rush, and I I hear him stammer. I know I'm a, a bit of a stammerer, and I say um sometimes, and you know, and I listen to Rush, and and he says you know, and he says, um, and he goes, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it, that's, that's what he does. It's almost his signature is stammering. <laughs> and I, I'm just, I, I'm amazed that uh, Free Talk Live can get in there and compete so well with 
some of these bigger, more popular shows. Well, yeah. I don't know why it's so amazing to you. I, I mean, we're a completely different program. I just give you the credit. Yeah, but you're also not kowtowing to anybody. You know, Rush, you listen to Rush or a few of the others. I won't mention any more names. And, and you get tired of it after a while because all they're trying to do is justify a certain political viewpoint. Right. He that, said himself he carries the water for the Republican Party. Right. Yeah, didn't he say he was tired of doing it? Yeah. I think he's still doing it, though, isn't he? Of, of course, course he is. is. He, doesn't know what, he doesn't know what else to do. Right. He'd have to go and make some new, unique show where... Um, he you know, could. He, I suppose he could. He's but got then, the money. But, he, but he's, 90, he's right 99.44% of the time, just like <laughs> Ivory Soap. So he would have to then be, have been wrong all those years. He's not willing to do that. He's certainly not willing to give up his multi-million dollar a year radio show that he makes all kinds of money um, from. So, you know, he's basically just got to carry the water for the Republicans or get off the air. Alex, any other thoughts? Yeah, I had uh, three questions for you, Ian, actually. Well, well, last one's more like a comment, but... Um, okay, sure. Okay, first, uh, I'd like you to say your two favorite Megadeth albums, and number two, I wanted you to uh, explain why is it you, like, why do you like Megadeth, and uh, sort of, like, more paying towards, like, the message that they that they give. And finally, something, I mean, I'm, I don't know Transformers at all, I just saw the movie, but something I looked at the movie was that... Um, Sort of like the bad guys tended to be military vehicles, and then the good guys tended to be private vehicles. So I, I don't know if there's anything there, you know, some kind of message there. I really I don't doubt know. it. But I just You're certainly reaching on the uh, the Transformers issue. Um, interesting observation, nonetheless. Well, um, private vehicles seem nicer, you know, when they're more friendly. If you if you were to put uh, personalities, anthropomorphize vehicles, I think you would consider a um, you know. A, I don't. I don't know a, a Camaro to be a nicer, friendlier yeah. vehicle than a Humvee. Right. Yeah. Um, in regards to the heavy metal questions, uh, when I was a young person, I mean, how do how do all young people get into certain musical formats? You encounter certain people that listen to things, and you come across different bands. And I took a liking to Megadeth. I mean, I listen to much more than um, that now. I listen to all kinds of. Uh, I listen to instrumental music. I listen to uh, you know soundtracks. I, I've got a much larger uh, selection of music that I listen to today. When do you the, listen to music? I don't the reason. Think... It's very rare. Yeah. Uh, but the reason. <laughs> That uh, the reason that Megadeth and other metal bands are played as music beds on this show is not because it's my favorite music or anything like that. It's because that when I was in rock radio, I always resented the uh, the fact that the programming was controlled by the program director. That I, as a disc jockey, was not able to uh, to make any changes to the programming logs. Many people believe that there are things like request hours and that sort of thing on radio, and really those are just scams on the listeners um, because what they're doing is they you know they schedule some unusual songs during the request hours to make it sound like they're actually requested. Deep then, cuts. If you're lucky, there will be one to three slots in the hour that you can actually fill with a request. So sometimes you can actually do a request. Incredible. Um, but it really bugged me as a disc jockey in the very beginning of my rock, you know, rock radio career that I could not play music outside of the playlist. And that was the kind of music at that time that I would have liked to have played on an overnight show and a you especially know, overnights right. on on a, a rock on a, overnights on weekends on a rock station. Why wouldn't you be able to right. play um, some some Megadeth or something a little harder and crazier? So and th- you know I, I know what uh, why radio stations do it. They figure why in the world would we let pr- amateurs program our radio station? But if you're going to tell people that it's all request, it should be. 
So, um, so the reason I did it was simply because I could never do it before. And now that I control my programming, I can uh, play the music I never could play on the air. That's all. Uh, thanks for the call, man. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Show is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airways. Bring up anything. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site for free, including the wiki. Over 1,400 pages created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com, W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com, to see what it's all about and get interactive. And as the dollar continues to drop, precious metals rise. Make the trend your friend by subscribing to the International Speculator. Go to d2z.org and add the Right precious metal mining stocks to your portfolio. That's d2z.org. As we go to the phones to talk to Dave in Montana. Dave, listening on KGEZ. Hello there. Hey, Dave. Dave in Montana. Uh, hey, what's on your mind? Yeah, how come a root canal costs more than abortion? I don't know. And, and that's what I'm calling about. It, the problem with medical care is the cost disproportionate ratio compared to what the common man gets paid like sure example you're on a concrete crew you build a nice foundation for a half a million dollar house for a dentist takes about two weeks there's three four guys on the crew you get paid you go get a root canal from that dentist you got you owe him money after you just built him a really nice foundation you know what i mean yeah I can see there's some, um, you know, disproportionate issues, but I, I, it seems like it's it's crazy, and then it all falls on that the doctor has to pay for his education. Sure. It, you know, he has. But, okay. Well, it's not so much that, Dave. It's more about the uh, cost of regulation and the cost of government rules being enforced on these doctors. So, and- so now we're forced into a situation where. We have to go to our master and pay them tribute every... It's like almost a religion. Like you belong to a club of an insurance company and you pay your tribute every month and they'll let you have access to this... uh, Oh, Dave, if you think it's bad now with insurance, wait till you hear about what Germany's system is like. Now, there's there used to be a time in America where the doctor was... You uh, come uh, over uh, and you give him a chicken. I don't want to go right. back to that. <laughs> right. There was, well, I understand, I understand what you're saying, but the doctor was he was a relatively and well-paid guy. Because they loved helping people. Right. Now, we've got nurses that complain they got to wipe somebody's butt. But if they don't want to do that, don't be there. Right. The you issue know? the issue really is, I believe, um, the control that the AMA has gotten over the government and how invasive... The American the, Medical Association. Yeah, the, the American Medical Association and how invasive the government is. Now, if, for instance, I wanted to open up a, uh, you know, a medical clinic where I treated people for illnesses... They would be fools to come to me, but I really should be able to do that. They should ask me, hey, Absolutely. what kind of accreditation do you have? Well, I don't have any, but I'm not an exa- exactly an expert, well, no, but I'm willing to take a look. on the wall like they do, you know? Right. That's, that's what people used to do. Well, why are you a doctor? <laughs> um, right. they, they would, you know, and they would show some kind of certification or uh, diploma and that kind of thing, and they would, yes, I am, in fact, qualified to be a doctor. But now they've gotten all these regulations involved, and they've made it so that the average, you know, so that... 
what these what they used to call a um, there was either a GP or an FP. So one of them um, is, continues, and the other one wasn't actually an MD. They weren't a doctor in the um, you know the classical sense. They hadn't mm-hmm. gone to school that way, but they. We're still qualified to do give certain care. things. Yeah. So, um, in the same way that I don't see why a nurse practitioner shouldn't be able to open up a medical clinic and and administer all kinds of medical care. The only care. reason they can is because of the government rules and regulations that have been passed uh, by, at the behest of the AMA. It's essentially a protectionist racket uh, that locks out competition. And because there's not as much competition as there could be, prices go up. Dave, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And that's sad because we all suffer as a result. Right. And and of course the um, the AMA makes you know has something to do with the uh, as far as accreditation of doctors. So now doctors have to not only go to eight years of school and then have another God knows how many years of residency. They make it more and more difficult to be a doctor. Therefore, narrowing the field of people that are doctors. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's just it's it's this never-ending cycle that makes it. Uh, more difficult for the average person to get medical care. And if you become a doctor of Chinese medicine, for example, right. most so-called MDs will say, oh, he's not a real doctor. Oh, really? Well, Chinese medicine's been around for about four or 5,000 years, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. there's still a lot of Chinese on this earth, so I guess it worked. <laughs> a lot more Chinese than yeah. there are uh, Americans. That's right. Let's continue with the calls. Talk to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Tom in New Hampshire. Go ahead. Hello? Yeah, I just wanted to mention that it's also very difficult for Spanish-speaking people to get health care in this country because you've got to find a doctor who can speak not just Spanish. I mean, the, the process to become a doctor, you've got to be fluent in English, which makes sense if you're treating English-speaking people, but why can't doctors and health care professionals from other countries come into this country and treat people who are Spanish-speaking instead of having to to know both languages. You know, I mean, a a nurse or a doctor could be there who only speaks Spanish, who could treat the people that only speak Spanish. That's the point I wanted to make real briefly. But I I wanted to to pass along a news story that happened today. Mm-hmm. Also, a very, very important thing for people to know. In Brandon, Florida. I'm familiar. This cop, Brandon, Florida, a Hillsborough County, Florida deputy sheriff was driving down the road and somebody gunned him down. And that was all for that deputy. That deputy can't be enforcing these unjust laws that we've been talking about all that. (laughs) Well, that deputy is dead meat, and the man who did it is in heaven because resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. He was killed in the shootout with the SWAT team a little while later today. I'm not sure that he's going to heaven, Tom. (laughs) Um, You never know which. The the thing about shooting cops is you know you never know whether you're getting one of the good cops or the bad cops. Yeah, you do, because it's kind of like the Battle of Bunker Hill. You never know whether you're shooting one of the good redcoats or the bad redcoats, except that there ain't no good redcoats. Tom, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you, sir. Wow. He must scan the Internet every day for dead cop stories. Yeah, he's probably got a Google search going on. 1-800-259-9231. Let's talk to Johnson in Connecticut. Johnson, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, that guy's probably on Technorati. It just has a feed that just says dead cop. It just comes up with everybody's blog mentions, every news story, everything on the Internet with dead cop in it. Um, I hope my call isn't going to be too annoying. I wanted to call in with some things that just bothered me. Um, Yeah. um, (laughs) The zeitgeist conversation that occurred last night. um, I wasn't here for that one. 
I, well, I'm, I'll uh, talk about it a little bit. There's a there's a movie on the that you can one can find on the internet that is mm-hmm. about um, it compare at least the first thirty minutes of it compare uh, the story of Jesus to the story of Horus. Mm-hmm. And there was a discussion of that last night. And uh, Gene, the Christian anarchist, and a couple other people called in to sort of uh, chide Ian um, about uh, Ian, you don't do your research. I can't believe that you would make the comparison that you would say uh, that the Son of God has anything to do with sun god and i just i sort of that that whole the fact that people were calling in about that bothered me a little bit because and ian correct me if i'm wrong i don't believe that that little play on words appears on either the chart that i sent you or in the movie no i don't i don't know the movie i think might suggest it um and I even, I, got my, I even got my information wrong. Ryan had called in later on to correct me on that. Um, I know I, you've got more points. Point. Hang on, okay? 800-259-9231. I was actually confused on that issue, and it turned out to be a, a non-issue. Anyway, 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, including archives, an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Go and grab them up. They're free. That's freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom, smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Let's go back to Johnson in Connecticut. Johnson, you're back on Free Talk Live. Hey, hey, sorry. So about that, that you know, the point with the zeitgeist thing, I just, I didn't want to see people... Um, I didn't want to see people accusing you or accusing Free Talk Live of not doing its research on something when, you know, and I know you said it, say it's a non-issue, but that um, it wasn't, I mean, it was something that wasn't even part of what you were researching in the first place. It was sort of a, a, a play on words that you just made up. I mean, am I correct about that? It's or? something that I thought I saw in Zeitgeist, and I must have misinterpreted because uh, Ryan called in later to correct me um, in that uh, Horus was not a god. He was indeed a son of a god, as as was uh, the, the Jesus. So I had just gotten my mis, uh, my information mixed up. All right. Which, well, that the, can happen no matter how much you research. You can right, mix things up. True as well. Um, the other point that I wanted to bring up was something that actually happened earlier in this show, which was... When you started making some statements about democracy, and while I don't necessarily disagree with what you were saying about democracy, um, I, it just sort of, I think, ties into the uh, comments Mark was making about not feeling like a professional broadcaster. Um, I thought that that comment was really ill-placed. Um, it, I know Free Talk Live is a show about you know whatever people want to talk about, and that the Free Talk Live's sole purpose isn't to be sort of the salespeople of liberty. But I do feel like that is sort of a secondary, at least, goal of the show. And I felt that that comment was entirely um, unproductive. Okay, and why? And the reason why I feel that's unproductive is because I think that a lot of people, especially those who haven't been introduced to the concepts and ideals of liberty, think that democracy is 
liberty in a certain way. I think that a lot of people uh, see democracy in a very positive light. They're, they're often in the same sentence. Yeah. Hmm? They're often in the same sentence. Yeah, you're exactly. right. Now, and Johnson, so when you start chanting Johnson, that democracy hold on is the first step to socialism, I, I get it, Johnson. But at the same time, we can't we can't keep training wheels on the show all the time. Otherwise, it becomes boring for people that do understand liberty to some extent or another. And I often say, as a caveat, look, if you're listening to Free Talk Live for the very first time, if it's the first time you've ever heard us, you're going to be shocked and horrified by some of the things that we say. You're not going to believe some of the things we say. But if you stick with the show, you keep coming back. And you keep listening, and people often do. Some will turn off their radios and never listen again, but others will come back and they will hear the um, hear the message of liberty over and repeated in different I think ways. There's a difference. I think there's a difference between training wheels and explaining wheels. And I don't think that what needs to happen is that Free Talk Live, I don't think that, that the show would need to say, for example, explain every single time why democracy and socialism and, and you know, go into some sort of long explanation. I think that's what you're sort of alluding to there. What I think need, should be is that just to be careful with what you're saying and to be a little bit more aware of, you know, what those words can connote to someone who is more of a new oh, yeah, I, I mean, understand the word that. democracy and is a very powerful word to a lot right. of people. I yes. understand. I would and, agree. And, uh, you know, I mean... But you uh, can't step down from every conversation, even to give a, um, right. you know, a, a, a short phrase to explain what it is that I you're saying. And we could have added in... Down from it. We could have added in, uh, you know, democracy's two wolves and a sheep deciding on dinner. We could have added in uh, that... Uh, that democracy's fine so long as it's all voluntary, that you're volunteering into the democratic system. Uh, you know, there are some caveats I could have added. I don't even remember what the situation was with the call as far as, you know, what we, you know, were we talking about? You were talking time? about the show Democracy Now! Right. And sort of chiding them as being a socialist show, which I definitely don't disagree with. They're awful. Right. But, um, you know, I, Johnson, I people are going to could not continue. People are going to come across outrageous things. I mean, if it's if it's if they're not outraged by a comment about democracy, they'll be outraged that I want to get rid of the government entirely. What we need the government? The government's a good thing. I mean, people can be uh, can very easily misinterpret things, and I just can't really worry too much about that. But I appreciate the you know the suggestion, and I probably should have added a couple of caveats to that. Yeah, um, I just you know I guess my comment is more not necessarily in in when you say things that are like for example when you start start going into long drawn out explanations of why the government shouldn't exist because. I feel that those things are explained. It's the linguistic bombs that just don't sound very well thought out that are what sort of it just it's like it, I'm not I, sure I guess, that the linguistic bombs necessarily work against us. I mean, we yeah, are a controversial Maybe. show, and I, I, it's difficult to know, right? Some people are going to turn um, tune out, and some people will listen um, just more to see often. What those maniacs will say next, right? Exactly. That maniac right. over there will say next. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know. So I think that they they're probably two edged. It's probably a two edged sword. Oh, of course it is. I, I often think of um, what you're talking about here, Johnson, uh, in, in reference to that. I think about a one time we we used to do the radio show on a in a glass front studio on Main Street in Sarasota, Florida. And it was the July 4th edition of Free Talk Live, back when we were on one day a week um, mm -hmm. at night. And I re Ian had his back to the glass, because that's the way he did the show, and I would be able to look out. And the, we were doing, we were coming back in, and, and Ian basically said something to the effect of, well, it's July 4th, it's Independence Day, do you feel independent today? T tonight we're talking about, uh, you know, how it is that we've lost our freedom and liberty in this country, or something, some equally uh, f uh, flamboyant, Very inflammatory. exacerbating uh, right. sort of statement. 
Well, um, there was an old woman and an old man, uh, probably in their 70s, uh, you know, wealthy folks at Sarasota, looking in the window, watching the radio show happen. Look at the, those it was neat radio folks. Uh, the old man waved his hand at us, like just dismissing us, ah. and they turned and left. I'm sure that there are people that hear those kind of, um, you know, things come out of Ian's mouth, um, and that's it for them. They're done. But I, I think that there's also people that, Listen, continue to take it all in. Some of them probably get progressively more angry as time goes by. And, uh, you know, to some extent or another, they get the message. Whether or not they agree with it is is not really for us to say. Yeah, you know, we're still here, and that's the important part. Yeah, but we're John, adding stations. Uh, thank you for the caveat, and thank you for, thank uh, for you, calling us on the carpet. Appreciate the call, 800-259-9231. I was going to say, I've, I've um, seen people just look at me in shock when I've ever suggested that democracy wasn't a good thing, as if yeah. the only other form of government is... A dictatorship. Is a dictatorship. Well, the, com- the communists... Is, 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 yeah. It has to be the communists. Is, is, if, you're, if you're not for democracy, you, you must, must be, be communist. for communist. Right. Because or a fascist. That's, that, that's how it is that we're... Um, you know, it, well, fascists and communists are the same thing in most people's well, minds. No, a lot of people think uh, um, uh, Stalin was better than Hitler. They do? Yeah. Okay. Or, or well, communism is, it was better, better than, than what Hitler had. Uh, but they're really, they're, yeah, they're the mm-hmm. same thing. It, it, essentially, they, they were dictatorships that uh, used different forms of quote-unquote government to uh, hide what it was that they were doing. Sometimes uh, we're going to caveat the things we say. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we aren't for whatever reason. I mean, you know, we may have a load of calls, and I want to get to the calls, you know. Um, in that case, we did. We were coming back from uh, the news break, and we were talking about the podcast awards, mm-hmm. and I had at least four calls on hold. So I wanted to get to the phone calls and not stop down and have an, a, you know, a conversation about why people misunderstand democracy. Um, we've done that certainly plenty of times on this show. I mean, we've certainly talked about democracy uh, over and over again. And so you're right, Mark. If somebody hears that statement and is outraged and they go away, well, too bad. But if they stick around, eventually they will hear a more extended discussion, and Johnson's call is a perfect reason to have that discussion. So if you're hearing Free Talk Live gloss over something that you feel is really, really important that we maybe touch on a little bit further, that's a perfect way to get us to, you know, get us back on point, get us to what you know what you thought that we should have put out there. You know, if Johnson hadn't called in, we'd be uh, back into healthcare or something like that. So uh, that's, that's a perfect example of how you really can uh, take control of the program and bring up whatever points you feel are important to bring up. So with that said, uh, any other comments on democracy while we're at it? I think we've covered it for tonight, guys. All right. And it's sort of, you know, it's my job uh, to be the iconoclastic personality on the show. It's right. my job to get people thinking and angry and that sort of thing. Right, absolutely. Your job is to stick the listener to the ceiling, and my job is to peel them back off. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what I always like to say is, you know, democracy, is that really great? Well, what if what if we have the town vote on whether or not they want to steal my money and stab me through the heart? If 51% of the people think that's a good idea... Does that make it right? Does that make it right? Hell no, it doesn't. 800-259-9231. You can take control. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it now. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com if you like the show. Then we ask that you do some shopping with us. First at the Free Talk Live store. Get all kinds of neat Free Talk Live branded merchandise and more at store.freetalklive.com. That is store.freetalklive.com. And for everything else... 
non-Free Talk Live branded, anything else you might need in life, go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. That will allow you to purchase virtually anything, and a percentage of your purchase there will go to Free Talk Live. So, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Let's go to the phones, to the fun. Aaron in Tennessee, uh, listening on the detour. Hello, Aaron. Hey, how's it going? Um, I wanted to know if libertarians were conservative or liberal. Well, it's, it's it's a difficult question to answer because it's sort of like saying, are people black or white? Yeah, because there's lots of different types of people, and even and you know, I know there's several. You know, I know there's several flavors of libertarian, but I guess I'm just wondering your your show, your approach. Are you more? You seem more liberal, but yet you have concern. You seem like to pick. You know, you we're libertarian, some, really. Right. I mean, that's the well, that's what the term is. Imagine instead of um, a a line where conservatives on one end and liberals on the other. Imagine a, a square in a diamond shape where conservative is on one point on the uh, right hand side and liberal is on the left hand side of that diamond. And then better the, yet, instead of imagining it, why don't you just go to quiz.freetalklive.com and you can see the quiz, quiz. and but, you'll see at the top of the uh, the chart is libertarian and at the bottom of the uh, chart is a authoritarian. So we do have some issues that are liberal in that we want to end the drug war. We don't here's want people to go to, to jail for... Here's a great way to put it. Liberals are very libertarian, or in theory, okay? This is okay. in theory. Liberals and conservatives, they do whatever their parties say, tell them to do, so they don't really have principles. But in theory, liberals are very libertarian on social issues, meaning they think that government shouldn't be involved in your sex life or you know drugs and that sort of thing. While, while conservatives are very libertarian on economic issues, meaning they don't think government should be involved in uh, taxes your business. and your business mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So, um, so it's easier to put it in that uh, terminology to base the liberal and conservatives on, on you know, how libertarian they are instead of trying to put us underneath their category. Does, does that make sense? Okay, so y'all are just a mix of just several different things that y'all, y'all can't be classified as one. Well, well, libertarianism is basically what the founding fathers believed in. And we've drifted away from that now with this liberal versus conservative marketing paradigm that's just complete baloney. It's just two different Mm -hmm. forms of tyranny. And we're talking about not initiating force against other people for things that we want in our lives, right. and we should go out and get them ourselves. Right. It's not that we've taken, you know, it's not like we're at an a la carte bar or buffet or something and we've selected a little bit from the liberals and a little bit from the conservatives. Uh, what, we, what we do is based on principle, and that, that is, principle is peace, uh, nonviolence, uh, you know, the government, with defense. personal we can, response, we can defend. Uh, per- personal yeah. uh, responsibility. Right. So really, uh, really, I mean, liberals, uh, libertarians could also be aptly labeled as classical liberals uh, or also labeled as paleoconservatives. I mean, then we're getting into this weird definition game uh, because liberals way back in the day used to think like libertarians uh, until they got, you know, until the term got corrupted. And similarly, conservatives used to be real small government people, but that's not the case anymore. Right. The Uh, principle is... Keep the government out of it and let people decide for themselves. There you go, Aaron. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's go to Carl in Montreal. Carl, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Hello, Carl. I had something to comment about the sun god and the son of God. I've heard that play on words before. Several books I've read. Um, I've studied ancient religion, and I see there's a lot of parallels between, like, pagan mythology and then what the later church taught. Yeah, it figures because they ripped off the pagans. Oh, yes, because I I agree. But I believe there was a lot of apostasy in the church. Jesus said there would be false teachers and false... uh, There's like in the the Pharisees. 
and I, my studies, I see they took a lot of those pagan ideas and they conformed them. They Christianized those ideas. I have some books for you that admit that admit this. Oh yeah, to, absolutely. To, what they to, did, they they took uh, f- you know philosophies that people could understand, like for instance Christmas. They've yeah, taken Christmas, Christmas and turned it into Jesus's birthday. Well, Saturnalia, yeah. Yeah, but in, in it wasn't fact, his birthday, right? It was you know it was a it was a uh, celebration at the end of the year, uh, you know, Winter pagan solstice. holiday. Yes. There's a couple of books that even written by the Catholic Cardinal Newman from the 1800s. Mm-hmm. One of them is called Essay and Sketches. The other book is called The Development of Christian Doctrine. And they admit that such, uh, such things as the mitre that the Pope wears, it looks like a little fish hat on his head, yeah. was ripped off from the ancient pagan priests. Mm-hmm. Um, other things such as holy water. And Cardinal Newman admits this in his book. There's two other books. One is called The Two Babylons by Alexander Hislop. And another book by Sir Isaac Newton in the 1700s, it was called Observations of Daniel and the Apocalypse of St. John. Thanks for the recommendations, Carl. Now, you know, I would think that uh, worse than what, you know, what holidays we celebrate or what hat the Pope wears or any of those things is (laughs) that Jesus came, in fact, to, you know, he came directly against the Pharisees and the Sadducees of his time, the people that wanted to enforce their particular version of Judaism on the public at large and would, you know, public beatings, stonings, all kinds of things would happen to you if you didn't obey the Jewish law as they, as they um, taught it. Church well, in we fact, have today. Right, that's exactly what we have right now. Look, with your, um, with, with History people's... History repeats itself. Right, with people's prostitution laws, with the Christians out there voting their conscience. Mm. Look, when you're voting your conscience, you're doing what the Pharisees were doing back then. What you need to vote for as a Christian is the liberty inside of Jesus that he came for. Jesus came so that you might be free. Everyone might be free, and not so that you can jam your stupid non-gambling, non-prostitution drug laws down people's throats. That's the real sickness. Tell them, brother. Tell them. I'm preaching it. That's the real (laughs) sickness. The real sickness that Christianity has um, been infected with. I have one question, Mark. Am I allowed to dance? (laughs) (laughs) Not in New York City. You can drop on the floor and flip around like a fish. Carl, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. Believe it or not, there are actually laws on the books in some places that prevent dancing without a license to dance. Oh, yeah, the Baptists, they they hate dancing. Well, Baptists don't like dancing, but uh, but the government sees that as an opportunity simply to tax bars and restaurants. Um, You have to have a cabaret license in order to drink, to serve alcohol and allow people to uh, dance at the same time, (laughs) which, of course, is a more expensive license than just a liquor license right, so then what, or you can a restaurant a, license. You can have a, a sting operation where cops go into a bar and they you know, get to sit down and drink and watch for anybody shaking their hips a little too much. Let's go to the phones and talk to Billy in Tennessee, listening on WBCR. Hello, Billy. Billy in Tennessee. BCR, excellent. Billy going once, Billy going Hello. twice. Hello, Billy. Hey. Yeah. What's on your yes, mind? I was going to... I was going to ask about the uh, situation with Alex Jones. and uh, This is not the uh, Alex Jones show, Billy. This is Free Talk Live, so I don't know what the situation is, nor uh, probably would I be able to comment on it. Well, it's the freedom movement that they're talking about and uh, how the uh, you know laws are being changed to block our freedoms. And, oh, yeah, there's uh, no doubt. Whether or not that a person should be prepared for... The upcoming events as even to be armed or otherwise. 
Well, I think, Billy, that people should be armed uh, simply because, uh, you know, it can protect you against uh, criminals breaking into your home or it can protect you against uh, an out of control government, out of control government. I mean, you know, an unarmed nation is a is a nation ripe for tyranny. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think that uh, there's any way to predict when the the apocalypse is going to come and when it is that we're going to need to uh, have a bunch of uh, tin cans and solid roll Krugerrands and uh, 500 for 5,000 rounds for your AK-47. I, I, I'm not prepared like that. I don't have those things. Most people are not. I, I don't intend to buy them anytime soon. Um, but I do, you know, I, I, I do see the concern. Billy, any other thoughts? Uh. Well, that's, you know, that's my concerns as, as well because, you know, I see lots of things changing real quick where I'm at and know lots of people that are preparing for something. Mm-hmm. And everybody's, like, talking, you know, and the money's changing quick. It's tightening down real quick. And uh, the housing developments around here are shutting down. Yeah, you can't sell houses is, these days. Yeah, uh, we're we're on the brink of something pretty uh, pretty dangerous, uh, pretty precipitous, and uh, and from a monetary standpoint, it does seem like this. Right. The more preparation you can do, I mean, some sensible things would be simply, you know, number one, get out of debt. If right. you if you if you can work out a plan, if you're in debt, to get the hell out. And, and Bill, thanks, uh, thank you for the call. We appreciate right. hearing from you. Number one, get out of debt. Number two, um, a gun's not a, not such a bad idea with a bit of ammunition, and you know. I mean, maybe it wouldn't hurt to have some canned food around. You I know? think I think I that the, you know our our currency is controlled by the Federal Reserve, and I am of the opinion that although um, Greenspan sold his soul to the devil when he uh, changed his stance from the currency should be backed by gold to uh, you know going to work for the Federal Reserve, I think that Greenspan was a special kind of genius. He managed to stay together, stay there for um, you know term after term through president after president, and I don't think Bernanke is the same level of genius that Greenspan mm. is. Um, I think that it would it take it took a special, amazing genius to keep all those balls in the air all that time, and I don't think Bernanke's got quite the hand-eye coordination to keep every one of those balls up there. It's also a lot more complicated now than it was when, when Greenspan first came into office, too. Well said. We are out of time. It's been in here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. See you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.